The Level Down Games podcast for December 28th, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. Bringing tidings of cheer and joy this holiday season. This is the Level Down Games podcast. Welcome home. I'm your host, Brian. And joining me this week, man, we're all here. Host of the Media Files every single Friday. It is Kyle. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Dan. This is my favorite episode of the LDG podcast of the year. Day after Christmas, you and I just put up an episode of the Media Files that we talked about more cyberpunk. So, uh... Listeners of the show should probably go check that one out. You know what listeners of the show should do is go check out my Instagram where I posted the new media file stickers that I have. They're so incredibly cool. Oh, yeah. You did get those for Christmas. Those are so rad. Dude, shout out to Lindsay. It's MVP. The gift that keeps on giving. They, um, they almost look like I, I don't know where she got them made, but they almost look. No, I don't want to say holographic. But they, they, they have, it's, they it's have got a little that, bit of that shiny hollow. Yeah, look to they have them, a little like a, bit of a sparkle yeah. to them. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, like hollow foil. Yeah, those are some really rad stickers. So uh, really, really cool. Uh, next up, catch you regularly over at twitch.tv forward slash crazed 11. Saw you stream until like 3 a.m. last night. And yeah, as the co-host of Hit Our Music and All the Wrestling Podcasts every Thursday, it is Dan. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Happy holidays. You were streaming late. So you, I think when I when I checked in, you were playing Ghost of Tsushima right before I went to sleep. Yeah, or, I played some Apex. Around there. Played some Apex and I played like an hour of Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, maybe when you finish that game sometime next year, since I think you're still in the first province that you're playing it so goddamn slow. He's in the second. <laughs> yeah, I did unlock the second. I'm just back in the first one doing whatever little saving the villagers. A fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> and then around and out the crew this week, over in the sound booth, it's Sean. What's up, party people? Sean, it sounds like everyone wants you to stay in the sound booth, not contribute to the discussions anymore. You riled some people up last week. That's pretty par for the course right there, boy. Yeah, you. Sean riles me up every week, baby. Yep, getting it going, baby. Gets us getting going. it going. Gets us going. <laughs> and sometimes we just don't start. Special nope. shout out to Midnight Playtime and Neon Dan over on Twitter at Neon Dan TV for providing the music to Love and Games podcast. Go check him out over on Twitter and hit up his bandcamp at midnightplaytime.bandcamp.com to listen to more really excellent synthwave vibes. We got a great show today. It is the Level Down Games Awards. So if you're familiar with how we do the LDG Awards on the podcast, it is a different type of show. We're going to be skipping over several things, making it a fun episode. But before we really dive into handing out some awards. We do have one game to discuss as part of the sad anus. Kyle, you and I picked up Super Meat Boy Forever this week. I never had a chance to fire it up. I actually, you were right. I, 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 when I started playing Hades on Thursday, I sort of got sucked into it and I haven't I it. stopped playing it since. <laughs> I knew it. I put like, I thought I was only going to put around eight hours total into it 
the last two days and I think I hit closer to 12 or 13 because I played it a good majority of the day yesterday after waking up until falling asleep last night. It's an awesome game, but we'll talk about that later. But I do want to talk about Super Meat Boy Forever here for just a few minutes because we were originally going to include it in one of our categories, best platforming Metroidvania game. I think it was in that one. If it ended up being good and since I haven't played it, is it good? It is good. I, it's not the game I think that I was looking for. Also, shout out to Team Meat for providing the code for review. That review will be up relatively soon on leveldowngames.com. Uh, but it's not, it's not exactly the game that, and we talked about this when we talked about it in the, in the new release roulette last week. It's not exactly the game that I think I wanted or that people were looking for. Now, the main difference of this, well, two big differences. Number one, the graphical style is a little bit different. This game looks much more cartoony, I would say. It's got a it's got a lot more of a cartoon feel to it than than the original Super Meat Boy did. Uh, crisper lines, a little bit brighter colors, and I I didn't expect that to bother me as much as it actually did, but it loses a little a, a little bit of that homemade charm that Super Meat Boy had. Not a huge deal. I can get used to graphical styles. And while you're actually playing the game, you're not really focused on, you know, just what the graphics look like all the time anyways. And the graphics do look good. They're they're kind of a really cool, you know, hand-drawn almost style of graphics that are really fun to look at and, and really nice backgrounds. There are a lot of animated sequences between worlds that are fun to watch. It looks like a Saturday morning cartoon in a lot of places, just with a lot more blood. But the main difference is that Super Meat Boy Forever is an auto runner. And so from the second you enter a level, Meat Boy starts running and he does not stop until you pass the level or you hit a wall or you die. And then it ends. And I have played games like that before. And when executed correctly, it can still be really good. But it's it, it, it's a far cry from like the Meat Boy experience we had a couple years ago, though. Well, and not just a couple years ago. I want to say that game came out like a, not 10 or 11 years ago or something like that. I mean, that's true. It's been out for a long it's been, damn time. It's been that long. I think it was 2011 or 2012. So, yeah, uh, really? it was before that because was it really that long? Yeah. Was it yeah. Really before that? Damn. I think I think 10 years ago. I think it was 2010. But at any rate, God damn, I, I don't think that it being an auto runner is necessarily a, a bad thing or, or or that a game being an auto runner is necessarily a bad thing. There are good auto runner games. I mean, Bit Trip Runner is a fantastic game. And didn't you play an auto runner game recently? Was it, is it New Super Lucky's Tale or something? That's not a auto runner. I, I've played several auto runners. I can't. Re- uh, 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 Bubsy, the new, the newest Bubsy, Bubsy. That's what I was thinking of. Is an auto runner. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking of. Speaking of new Super Lucky's Tale, my kid dived into that yesterday. Once we hooked up the Xbox that is Series a S. really good game. I think yeah. that I think you would enjoy that too. I think that I probably would. Uh, he actually hasn't played too much of it. He's been playing Carto a lot, which is hilarious. I I downloaded that for me, and now he's loving it. Anyways, Super Meat Boy Forever. It you know being an auto runner is not inherently a bad thing, but it's not what we wanted. I think out of a new Meat Boy game, we wanted Super Meat Boy Two. This doesn't feel like Super Meat Boy Two. This feels like a Super Diet Super Meat Boy is kind of what this feels like, where you were timing precise jumps and slides with Meat Boy in Super Meat Boy. And in this, you're timing those, except you're taking out the the movement aspect. You're just letting the game move for you. And so it feels a little more 
direct button input instead of you timing out everything on your own. And that feels that feels a little less interactive, I think. There were times when I was playing where I found myself holding the joystick anyways because that's what I was looking forward to and anticipating, right? And just kind of subconsciously, I'd be holding the joystick a certain way as if I was moving Meat Boy that way. Now, the puzzle, puzzle design is all really good. The team is really, really good at that, making puzzles. The levels are procedurally generated, though, in the sense that a level might be broken up into five little tiny sections with checkpoints between. And those sections, each of those sections as a big a big obstacle or puzzle you have to get through is already constructed. And so, you know, puzzles using buzz saws, just buzz saws and jumping, maybe there are a hundred of those programmed into the game. A puzzle using conveyor belts and spike blocks, maybe there are those uh, like a hundred of those programmed into the game. And when you start a level, it will choose two or three out of that 100 and place them in sequence. Does that make sense? It does, which is why they're saying that there are, you know, I, I don't remember exactly. Endless hundreds or thousands or something. Yeah, like, or there's something. so many different levels you can actually get that they said you could play through this game five or six because it's not a long game from what I understand and from what it's you not. seem to have noticed as well. But the point of that being is that it's meant to be replayed over and over and over again and experiencing different levels every single time. Now, to that effect, too. It doesn't really feel perfectly procedurally generated because those puzzles are pulled straight out of a bank of puzzles that they've already made. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so and so, yes, you could play the game over and over and over and get new puzzles, but you're never getting like these big elaborate setups that are made by a computer algorithm. You're just getting these puzzles that are already programmed in that they are holding back from you. What they could have done is made the game much, much longer and put all of these puzzles in sequence in levels because there's no benefit to running the game over and over again just to see new puzzles if the puzzles are all kind of around the same difficulty and kind of around the same challenge you know what i mean yeah so so why aren't those puzzles in levels it wouldn't have taken them too much extra effort to just make a blank level you know, paste those puzzles into the levels and you would have a game that's five times longer and doesn't feel as as gimmicky of just having like, oh, this is procedurally generated like a roguelite or something, you know, like that's a that's a term that I feel like they're using just for the 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 value of that term now procedurally generated is a term that people love now and so they're using it just for that when really they could have just made a bunch more levels that being said it's still a fun game i've still had a good time with it it's just not meat boy in in the sense of, of it meat just boy. doesn't feel like super meat boy 2 which is what people wanted it also doesn't feel like it spent you know, t 10 years in the in, de in the development process, which is the crazy thing is that yeah. I, I looked it up as you were talking. You're right. It was like October of 2010. So it's been over 10 years since a Meat Boy released. And man, it, it's so drastically different. That's just I, I hope it's not another 10 years until well, we I get think something the saddest different. thing is that when Super Meat Boy came out, 
it was an indie darling, you know, is this little game from a little team and it and it popped off huge. And and this was a scene back then where indie games did not have that big of a presence. Yeah, it did X- not have Xbox a lot of live arcade was still, you know, in its heyday on the 360 right. indie games was just finally starting to break out of the mold and all that kind of stuff. And exactly and this one and so really did. It didn't have a lot of competition. And now there is. I think if this game came out seven years ago still kind of riding that high from Super Meat Boy, you'd have a lot more fanfare for it. And now people have forgotten about Super Meat Boy. The game is different from what people were anticipating, and it's just come out with such little fanfare, such such little praise, such little word that uh, it's it's kind of sad to see the decline of, of really one of my favorite indie games, one of my favorite original indie games. So how is the soundtrack overall from what you've heard? Because uh, Danny Baranowski, the guy who composed the original Super Meat Boy, did not work on Late Boy Forever. It's two different composers. And I'm wondering how it sounds, because I, I thought for sure he would be back, but he was not. I mean, it's fine. It's okay. it's kind of a that's good a rock and roll soundtrack, you know, beats laid over it. Yeah, I have I have trouble paying attention to it because I'm focusing on on precise inputs of buttons, you know, that that I don't listen to it as much. Or sometimes it's also a game where there's no dialogue. And so there was a lot of times where I was playing it and I wasn't listening at all. I had my headphones off because I was, you know, kind of monitoring my kids peripherally or something. Right. It's just so weird because Danny Baranowski is is such a great composer. I think the last thing he worked on was Cadence of Hyrule. And I was kind of surprised to see him not listed. Uh, they ended up pulling uh, Ridiculon is, is what he goes by. He composed the music for the PS4 version of Super Meat Boy and is the one that actually did the soundtrack to Meat Boy Forever. So I, I'm curious to dive into that soundtrack and see how it sounds. I will still play Super Meat Boy Forever. I just didn't get a chance to actually dive into it outside of downloading it. Uh, because I did really need to put some time into Doom Eternal and Hades this week, which I did do. I got really far in both of them. So I'm all set for the Game Awards coming up here in just a few minutes. <laughs> well, and last week, I do think I misspoke. We talked about Edward McMillan was part of this, but I I have since learned that Edward McMillan, who's known for Binding of Isaac, The End is Nigh, Super Meat Boy, left Team Meat in like 2017 or 2018 and did not play a role in development of Super Meat Boy Forever. Oh, so that's probably why it took so long to come out to then. They went, it seems like they went through a, a major personnel change. Right. So, interesting story behind the development, because this game has been in development hell for a, a quite some time, as you mentioned, 2010, the last one coming out. So you have to assume they started on this relatively shortly after that. Um, yeah, look for Kyle's review. Super Meat Boy Forever coming soon to leveldowngames.com. I imagine it'll be up sometime in the next week or so. And uh, I think we can say that it did not make the category of the best Metroidvania slash platform or whatever we were going to stick it in. If right. It ended up being now, amazing. We're not putting it in there later. <laughs> yeah. If you do like Super Meat Boy, there is there is a game to like here. The game is well made. It's not a bad game in the sense that the game doesn't work or it doesn't function or it's not fun. Like all of those things are still true. It just doesn't feel like Super Meat Boy. Right. I get that. I do. But uh, I think we need to update the game challenge for the final time and see if anyone made their goal. Well, I think I think next week should be the final time because there is still some 2020 left. True. It just won't be like the official 
like well, because if, this, if we this finish is technically it before, week fifty two before Thursday night at midnight, it should yeah, still count. Yeah, it, it'll still Correct. count. Yeah, it'll still count. But this likely will be the uh, the last major update since we aren't doing an official twenty twenty one game challenge next year. I think we should maybe set a goal for ourselves, but it's not something that we need to continuously update every week. We can just kind of casually check in here and there and see if we hit it. Like, I, I don't think we need to focus on it too much because sure. because I, I, I really fucked myself over by sending 110 games this year. <laughs> yeah, you shot you shot big. Yeah, I, I certainly did. And I felt like I would hit it. Um, You know, I was doing really good January, February, March, because there 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 just were some decent games coming out. But I was really in this mode of, of really trying to knock out the backlog. And I did a good job. I got my backlog down to like 15 or 16 games. And it's those same 15 or 16 games that have been sitting there now since uh, earlier this year. And I mean, they've a lot of them have been on there for years now, but I accomplished my goal relatively quick at the beginning of the year. And then I just kind of burnt myself out and only played very minimal games the rest of the year. <laughs> so I'm finishing not having finished anything since Godfall a few weeks ago. I, I, my official and I, and I don't think I'll finish anything by the end of the, of December anyway. My official number for this year is 87, and that's where it's going to stay. Hey, man, that's nothing to yeah. clap at. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got pretty close to that 110, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I was off. I, I thought for sure I'd at least get to 90. I didn't even, I, I just, man, I, I've had such a hard time finishing games lately. I've played a lot of games, but there's so many things out, and, and I'm really trying to play everything so that way I have uh, you know enough knowledge going into the awards season for us. And I just like being able to talk about so many different games, but I never finish games anymore, and, and that's a little disappointing. That's something I want to change for next year. I, I want to play less games so I can finish more games. Addition by subtraction. That's what they say, right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something, um, something you know? Kyle, you beat your challenge uh, <laughs> a couple months ago. Did you yeah. finish anything, though, since Ghost I did? Of I beat three games this week. Goddamn. OK, I beat Sackboy, a big adventure. I beat Carry On and I beat uh, Super Meat Boy Forever. Nice. So you did finish that. So how, how long did it take you to get from start to finish? A couple hours, two to three hours. OK, so I, I, I fuck, I guess if I start that today or tomorrow <laughs> now, again, again, like you maybe, can play it forever, get new levels. But there is sure, a point. But in the campaign. The Yes, there is a point in the campaign where you see the credits and it says it actually says the end. And then like another world, there's a bonus world that opens up after that, blah, blah, blah. But there is a point where you see the credits. Yes, man. OK, if it's only a couple hours, my official number might be able to jump to 88. Then if I start that today, I'm, I could likely finish it by next Thursday. So we'll see. I'll report next week if I change that number. Uh, Kyle, finishing those three games takes you to 41 officially smokes. for the year. You definitely played a, 11 more games than you thought you would. You set your 30 game challenge update uh, for yourself. However, you never did get around to playing Nier Automata, The Witcher 3, God of War or Life is Strange 2. OK, now the, let's let's talk about that for a second. I have all of I have. You have all, all of those games downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I've started Witcher 3. I'm like I'm like 15 hours into Witcher 3. Yeah, you still got like 280 hours to go, though. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. God of War you never got around to. I think you and Sean are going to play that side by side one yeah, day. Yeah, I'll play that whenever Sean plays it. Yeah, sometime in the next couple it's years. and then be like three years. So never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is Strange 2 is something that I'll play alongside you when you ever finally fire that up. I'm surprised you didn't do that one this year. I know. Downloaded and ready to go again. I'm yeah. ready for it. 
I'm surprised you didn't do that one. Uh, Sean, did you finish anything after Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales? No. And, and you know what? I think I screwed myself on trying to get one more locked down because I jumped into Final Fantasy VII Remake and that's a long there's one. no way I'm beating that, dude. Yeah, there's no that's a, way. That, I think that's the longest game that you've played this year. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the game challenge is pretty much done for me, dude. Yeah, I, you, st- I only you finished at five. On you finished at five this year. I'm a five-time WCW champion. I think that's three more games than most people thought you would get, though. I think most people thought you would tap out after Link to the Past and Minecraft Dungeons. So. Hey, man, we surged at the end, you know? I mean... It- it's just it just happened well, yeah, to be that console. You played a strong quarter push. You played some games. <laughs> Sean at five. Dan, I know you finished some stuff. You haven't updated us in a couple of weeks. You haven't been on the show. No, I haven't. I've been busy getting that kitchen done, which it's done and uh, it's awesome. Uh, you really know you're an adult when uh, getting a new kitchen excites you. But I have beat uh, I beat Black Ops. Yeah, you beat Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, I beat that like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, something like that. I don't know. It's all been a blur. The month of December has been a freaking blur. Um, But that's all I've beaten. So I got to sneak one more in in the next five days. Yep, because you were at 24 of your 25 game challenge, which honestly is still impressive because I probably didn't beat 24 games in the last decade. (laughs) So it's, it's just good to get back into gaming. Like, again, doing this podcast streaming, it's really got me back into gaming, my passion. So it, it's nice to ha- to set the game challenge and really, you know, focus on getting games complete. So it's been a great time. We all did pretty good this year. I mean, when you when you really break it down, 24 games for Dan, 41 for Kyle, 87 for myself, even Sean, who, I mean, doesn't play games that often. Finishing five is a really good number. So uh, hey, solid, man. Not bad. Not bad for the overall game challenge. Like I said, the numbers could change by by one or two because there are still a few days left in 2020 and we will report on that next week on the show we have a really fun episode planned next week we'll be going over our 2020 crystal ball predictions to see who had the most points of their insane i went through the list earlier man we didn't do too well this year <laughs> i blame it's covid covid really threw a wrench yeah in a lot COVID, of things, covid right? really messed things up uh, but we're going to come prepared with 10 predictions each for next week's episode for 2021. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I always do enjoy our our prediction episodes, and we only do one a year now for that crystal ball episode. So uh, that should be a lot of, of fun to do next week. Open critic results from our guesses last week. We have a little bit of unfortunate news to report here. Uh, we, we talked about two games. We don't have any new releases this week, so we're really skipping over the new release roulette. Obviously, it's the holiday season, and most games do not come out these two weeks, so it is a relatively slow time. But last week, we talked about two games. We talked about Override 2. I guessed it would come in at a 72. Sean, you said 8 for Dead On. There's only one review currently available, and, and I guess 72? we should have... Uh, no, it was like a 65. Oh, gosh. OK, so yeah. uh, I have a feeling this game will come in somewhere around the the mid to high to low 70s when more reviews start popping up. So so the 72 may have been a good guess, but for now it doesn't count. And and I guess we should have probably anticipated this with it being the holiday season. A lot of outlets do take some time off. Just reviews aren't going to be going up probably till after the first of the year for a lot of games. Um, Super Meat Boy Forever was our second game we talked about. I guessed it would come in at an 81. Sean, you put 22 on it going over that score. And Kyle, you put all 30 on it going over. Uh, the reviews seem to indicate there's two available. One is a 7 and one's a 7-1. So I imagine it's going to come in somewhere around a 70. 
So I think that uh, regardless, nobody would have won this week. Well, we're a bunch of losers. Yeah, we go out on a fizzle. Yeah. Go out on a fizzle or a Mrs. Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. <laughs> oh, wow. Holy smokes. <laughs> okay. Oh, dude. Okay. I, I, was, I was scrolling through Netflix last night trying to find something to watch while I was playing Hades and trying to fall asleep. And I forgot that the Magic School Bus is on there. I really want to watch the new episodes. It's a new one. It's not yeah. good. No. Oh, it's not? I mean... I, I don't know. The animation is really stupid. Oh, okay. I, I've been wanting to watch it, and I keep forgetting that it's on there. Ah, try it. I, Let me know I how was, it is. I was such a big fan of the original. Yeah, so. I don't like I don't like this new, like, half-computer animation that they do. It's super cheap to produce really fast and looks like garbage. It looks like f- like Flash cartoons on Newgrounds. So if you watch <laughs> it, let me know. Damn. Yeah, I might get around to it eventually. I finally got around to starting... Uh, the Carmen Sandiego anime, and I stopped watching that. It, it just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, and that was unfortunate. Who's ready for some Level Down Games Fantasy Leagues? I've been talking about it for a month now or so, but we are just on the cusp of starting all of these Level Down Games Fantasy Leagues that we're doing to hopefully increase some engagements with our audiences and get more of you in Discord, because we want more of you in there. So that's what I'm going to say first. If you're not in Discord, make sure you look at the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening to us on. There's going to be a link for the Discord there. Click it, join it, interact with us, as I say at the end of every show. Discord is a completely free app that you can join that allows you to be a part of different communities. It allows you to stay connected with friends and family. There's so many things you can do with Discord. And again, it's completely free. So if you want to stay up to date on all of the things we're doing across Level Down Games, that is your best place to be. We're all in there, and quite a few of our listeners are in there as well across multiple podcasts. So that is the place to be. Next week, beginning of January, we're probably going to be doing our draft for the Level Down Games Fantasy Critic League. That's the one where you draft video games and compete uh, against everybody throughout the year in terms of like open critic scores. So it's sort of like what we do almost with the uh, with the new release roulette, but just a little different, actually quite a bit different. But still, it's similar (laughs) in my head. It is at least. But the Level Down Games Fantasy Critic League will be drafting that soon. If you're interested, let us know. So that way we can kind of plan on how many games each team is going to have. We know for a fact, myself, Kyle, Sean, Dan, Jessica, Sev, probably Joe the Chode, probably Techie Geek. I don't know who all is going to be interested in doing this. But if you are, jump in Discord so that way when we post a link, you'll be able to create an account on Fantasy Critic. Again, everything we're doing is free. Nothing is going to cost you a dime. And that's the coolest thing. We just want to do this so that way we can interact with everybody that listens to our shows and get to know the people that we don't interact with all the time. There's so many people that we know that are in Discord that, you know, we consider friends now because we know so much about them. But there's so many people listening to our podcast that aren't in Discord or that don't interact with us any other places. And we want to get to know all of you. Trust us. We'll remember you. We have good memories. <laughs> we'll talk to you all the time. Just be in Discord. Uh, besides that Level Down Games Fantasy Critic League, we're also doing a Fantasy Hockey League, which we still have four spots available. So if you're interested in playing Fantasy Hockey with the guys at Level Down Games, uh, who else is in there? Joe the Chode's in there. Alex Messenger is in there. Sev is in there. We got a lot of fun things planned for 2021 in Level Down Games. So make sure you're in Discord. 
If you listen to our AEW podcast, hit our music. We're also doing a fantasy AEW league that's going to be starting relatively soon. So again, I'm going to keep saying it. Just join Discord. That way we can do fantasy leagues with all of you guys and really have some fun. And right now, the most important thing is that hockey league. We do still have four spots available. And of course, the Level Down Games Fantasy Critic League. Let us know if you're interested so we can plan for how many teams and how many games each team will get. Thank you. And remember, I'm going to say it all the time. Join Discord. We don't have any bets to get to this week, so it's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. Last week on the show, we actually put up three brand new episodes, so go check those out. The one we're going to be previewing today on the Level Down Games podcast is the one Jessica and I did on Christmas Eve, Holiday Music Part 4. Check it out. Well, maybe maybe it only plays like if you play this game at Christmas time, because I know maybe. there are some games that do that, like that like that have like a little Easter Animal egg. Crossing. Well, sure. Animal Crossing. Uh, well, Shenmue has uh, Christmas on Dubuita Street, but that plays regardless on December 24th. Yes, it does. WoW has a, a special Christmas one. Um, but now in Shenmue, remember, if you actually play the game on Christmas Day, instead of like NPCs walking around, you'll see like Santa Claus walking around the street and stuff. It's pretty cool. Okay, that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I um, like Easter eggs like that. I like Tomodachi Life. It's one of those casual games you can kind of sit back. Um, it's very fun when you first start playing it and you will put a lot of your time into it. But then after a while, there's only so much you can do. Which one was Tomodachi Life? Tomodachi Life. Remember where you I made you download all those uh, codes for me on my DS and you got like Michael Jackson and you got <laughs> like downloaded all of us. and you downloaded, I do. I like, do remember that. So this is the one people. that you put people into an apartment building. Is yes. that this one? OK. Yeah. I remember. And I yeah, I do. To get us to date, I do. But then you ended up dating somebody else. And so and then. Uh, well, we because put, there was Mitomo, which I think you put more time into. And it was kind of oh based gosh, on the same stuff. The wrong game? Tomodachi Life. No, I, I'm. Mitomo is the one that is like an RPG. Oh, Mitomo is the one with the with the with the. Uh, There's like a wizard. Wizard, yes. And other things. That one is but, also one of uh, that one is also really okay. What up, what up, Nintendo? Why aren't you making seconds of like one of your best games? That's just my question. I am curious. Brand new episodes of BG Mania are available every Wednesday and Saturday. Come join us on this musical adventure. Okay, it's time. We got the Level Down Games Awards. We're skipping over the Sean Waltman lightning round. There really wasn't a lot of news to talk about this past week. Again, it's the holiday season, so things just don't happen. Most companies are on holiday break until after like January 4th or something like that. I don't expect too much news to pop up over the next few weeks. But yeah, we got the Level Down Games Awards and we're going to spend a majority of the podcast now on dishing out some awards and it's going to be fun like i said we're doing 20 categories this year the first 10 like best action game best adventure game you know your best genre games we put those up in a channel in our discord server and we individually voted on those over the last week and we're going to run down the results of those right now so for best action game we had six nominees the first one was demon souls the second one was hades number three was battletoads number four was assassin's creed valhalla five Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, and six Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. We actually ended up giving it to Hades. And Kyle, I, I think that is definitely, definitely the right call after I've put like 10 or 12 hours into Hades over the last two days. Woo! 
Um, it, it is a fantastic experience. You were absolutely right. It's uh, it's the one I voted for, as you can imagine. Yeah, it is definitely a, a great action game. I, I was torn because I do like Demon Souls, which was one of the games that, you know, was also in the running for best action game. Um, Sean, you voted for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which is another game that I kind of thought about maybe giving the nod to because I have been playing so much time uh, in in Valhalla and, and it is a great game. There there were a lot of good action games in 2020. But yeah, I, I definitely think Hades takes the cake and is your official winner of best action game and is rightfully deserved. Uh, next up was best adventure game. We had five nominees. Number one, Ghost of Tsushima. Number two, The Last of Us Part Two. Number three, Paradise Killer. Number four, Journey to the Savage Planet. Dan, I put that on there for you. And number five, that. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Um, this one actually came down to a tie. And we're going to leave it as a tie because we tried debating it before we actually clicked record. And I, I just don't know that we can it actually determine between these two games. So your best adventure games of 2020 are Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, two votes apiece. We kind of split myself and Sean went Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Dan and Kyle went Last of Us Part Two. And I had a feeling it was going to be a toss up between these two games for a lot of different categories, not just here, but elsewhere, as we saw at the official game awards back on the 10th as well. These two games definitely dominated a lot of things. And rightfully so. I mean, they were, they actually ran on current gen consoles. Oh, <laughs> oh got him. Wow. I, I don't know what you're talking about or referring to Dan. I just don't. <laughs> well, I didn't get in on the cyberpunk uh, last week, which I kind of yeah, wanted Dan, to. Yeah, Dan, you but... haven't actually, uh, you haven't actually, you know don't what? Don't start it now. You know what? Because there's no winner for the open critic, and because I don't really care about taking the final words, we're going to give Dan the final words to talk about <laughs> cyberpunk. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, man. We'll give he Dan the had his career ended. We'll give Dan the final words, words of the show. We'll give him the final words of the show. He can rub it in our face that cyberpunk didn't do well. <laughs> our next category was best role playing game. We had eight nominees, and I guess that's something we do differently for our awards. We don't give a shit how many nominees there are per category. <laughs> you know, like most places will just lock it to like four or five. If a game deserved to be nominated, we stuck it on there. Like, hell yeah. Who cares how many nominees we have? It all comes down to the winners. Uh, best role playing game, eight nominees. One was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Two is Persona 5 Royal, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Trials of Mana, Paper Mario the Origami King, Genshin Impact, Le The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4, and World of Warcraft Shadowlands. We had not a unanimous decision on this one. Somebody voted for Paper Mario the Origami King. That was Dan. But myself, Kyle, Sean, we all voted for Final Fantasy VII Remake. That is your best role-playing game of 2020. And, and I think Woo! that is the rightful winner. I really contemplated going Persona 5 Royal. And the only reason that I didn't is because it's just like an extended version of, a, of, of Persona 5. It didn't do a lot of like 
new things. And I know you could say the argument for seven remake. It's, you know, a game we've played before, but it did a lot of new things. And I think it deserves the win there. Well, I mean, honestly, the game that should have won was Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light. But we just you're couldn't. right. I, pr- I probably should have put it on there to see if you would have voted for it. I don't <laughs> think you would have. I, I can't I can't see Sean ever voting for a Fire Emblem game. He wants a new one and, and just completely ignores three houses. The best Fire Emblem game to ever come out ever. I so. just don't really want to get into the whole three faction type esque game. But it, to be honest with you, good game, Kyle. That's what he's saying. there. I, I don't know if I could do a tactics game ever again. I think that that period of my life is over. I, I'm too spoiled with all these freaking third person action games that action I've been playing RPGs lately. That are so fast and fluid. Yeah. 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 It's, it's definitely different. Definitely takes away. And I mean, that's that's my issue, like because I'm such a big fan of turn based role playing games. And I, I know seven remake is, is definitely. I guess it could they, they have that like suedo turn-based mode that's not really turn-based but they kind of designed it to be a little bit like that uh turn-based rpgs just you know they're they're not really a, a major thing anymore outside of like persona which is why i love that so much so uh, yeah no seven remake definitely tries to make an effort but the the way to play it no doubt is the action way oh yeah no i i played it the action i mean it was more fun that way so yeah it was more fun that way next category best fighting game we had five nominees grand blue fantasy versus mortal Kombat 11 ultimate ea sports ufc 4 street fighter 5 champion edition and kirby fighters 2 this one was unanimous we all went with Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. That is your best fighting game of 2020 and well-deserved. Mortal Kombat 11 is is really a good fighting game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it when I played it when it first came out last year. And yeah, I, I like that they added the Ultimate version. I like that they put out a, a updated version for PS5 and Xbox series. I might eventually pick it up and have it on yeah, PS5. I, I actually, I thought it was on some kind of sale right now for a pretty good price. It um, is, actually. There is a lot of stuff on sale online that I oh saw. Yeah, in, holiday sales are going crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah. You can get, I'm trying to see how much you could get it for. Can't you get like a discount on it because you're a PS Plus member too or something like that? They do a lot of things like that. Yeah. If you have, if you have a PlayStation Plus uh, subscription. You can get like extended discounts. Oh, Jessica and I were so fucking pissed last night. She got a a oh. a a dis like a a card, a a PSN network card for Christmas from her brother, and uh, we we put it on there. And she was gonna buy a couple of the Sims Four expansions on PS Four because we put the PS Four Pro out in the living room, and that's right. what she's been playing on now that I'm on PS Five. And we were looking through and we were going and I forgot that EA Play was on PS4. Oh, no. And first of all, I, I think it's fucking stupid that EA or Origin Access and EA Play are not the same subscription. So if you 100%. pay for if you pay for Origin Access Pro or whatever it's called, EA Play Pro on PC, it doesn't work on other consoles. Like you can't use that same subscription on the uh, on the PS4 EA Play Hub. But there's some really shady tactics going on in the PlayStation Network store. So like when we were looking at all the different expansions as she was trying to figure out which one to play, it's set on there. EA play. 
So we were like, well, fuck, if these expansions are included in EA Play, let's just take the gift because you can use the gift card and sign up for EA Play on the PS4. So we applied that credit of hers to a, a year sub to that. And none of them are on there. The only thing that's on there is the base Sims 4 game, which she already owned. So now we're going through the process of getting refunded from Sony for that, because that's fucking well, stupid. For sure. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that's definitely, definitely stupid. So if anyone out there is listening, fucking stupid, Sony. Anyway, <laughs> For, $42, $42 for uh, MK11 Ultimate right now. That's not there bad. You go. That's not bad. And I technically... No. Technically, if you wait two or three more months, you'll probably be able to catch it for 20 bucks. So, probably. You're probably. Yeah. Yeah. And and I probably will because I, I just don't see myself playing it anytime soon. And fuck, it'll probably be on Game Pass soon. So who knows? There you go. <laughs> Finish him. Everything's on Game Pass now. Uh, next category, best fight uh, fighting. No, we just did that one. Best family party game. We had four nominees. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Clubhouse Games, 51 Worldwide Classics. Sean, I thought for sure you were going to vote for that. And then Poyo Poyo Tetris 2. I know you're a big <laughs> fan of that five, 51 Worldwide Classics. You own that, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You know what? I actually really enjoy that game, but I just feel like there's no competition here. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless you're, not... unless you're Dan, who voted for Fall Guys. The rest of us voted for Animal Crossing New Horizons. OK, you know what? I'm going to stand up for Dan for a second because it always looks like he's sitting down. I, I think that Fall Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Holy shit. Oh, wait wow. a second. Damn. Oh, my gosh, dude. I think that Fall Guys is, is the one game that could. Oh, yeah. Give give, you know, some competition to Animal Crossing. And I almost voted for it. I'm going to be honest, but I did. I did settle on. You guys put like 400 hours of Animal Crossing in like the first week and then haven't played it since. Fall Guys. How dare you, Dan? Me, I jumped in like. A week ago, I actually put like 530 hours in, in the first That's clown. insane. In That's the insane. first one. Who wants to rearrange furniture in a make believe world with animals? I actually fired you up. You got knocked the fuck out, man. I, fi I fired up New Horizons uh, not last week, but the week before and played for a few hours. I really want to get back into it, but every time I do, I, I start terraforming because my, my town's not done and I start terraforming and then I just like, man, I, it's all I do and I never do anything else in that game. So it's one really day the best and worst part. I know. So one day my town will be done and then I can actually start playing the game. Can I? I I'm going to admit to you guys right now and I'm ashamed, but I have to. I, I haven't played that game in like three months. That's sad. Sean. I. I mean, I, I legit, like, I got my fill. Well, that's and because I was like, Dan's you know not what? a real Animal Crossing fan. He Z played the play one the, on the GameCube, and that was it. Play the rewind sound. The and it's, and it's Sean going. There it is. You know, for me, for me, Animal Crossing is about the winter months. You know, when there's snow on the ground <laughs> and uh, the Christmas things to do. That's when I play Animal Crossing. That's at the end of the day. You know, at the end of the day, I play Animal Crossing for the winter months, the Christmas. <laughs> this freaking guy. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to say, so he's just going to keep playing sound. It's <laughs> just going to play sound clips over me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Animal Crossing New Horizons, best family party game of 2020. Best <laughs> sim strategy game. We had four more nominees. Crusader Kings 3, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Romance of the Three Kingdoms 14, and a Total War Saga Troy. I was the odd man out here. I did vote for Crusader Kings 3, which I think is an excellent uh, strategy game. However, you guys all voted for Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's the winner. And I'm OK with that. That is an incredible game. Uh, the technology used in that game definitely gives it an edge in this category as well. You know, you utilizing Google Earth and being able to see like real maps as you fly around real weather fucking. Did you see the story that somebody took a flight and then did that same flight in Flight Simulator? And even the clouds were somewhat similar. Oh, man. I mean, that's insane. No, but that's unreal. Yeah. yeah. Like ju just because of like all the Google Earth integrations and stuff like some of like it was slightly different but he had it set up to where like he was in the plane and could look out the window and was looking out the window of the actual plane itself and filming it all at once it's pr it's a pretty incredible video but it just goes to show how amazing microsoft flight simulator is i haven't played it in a couple months i still have it installed i'm more curious to see how it's going to run when it uh, uh on xbox series yeah, like I, I, i'm so curious. curious how you're going to play this game with a fucking controller because like i said i struggle playing this game on a keyboard it, exactly it's a little hard to play on a keyboard yeah just because there's so many so many different nozzles and things you can click in the cockpit and damn it, it it's it's such an in-depth game but it is really fun and and definitely a good uh good choice for best sim strategy game of 2020. Next up, we had best sports racing game for nominees FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, Tony Ox Pro Skater 1 and 2 and MLB The Show 20. Another unanimous decision. We all went Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is definitely the rightful winner here. Uh, totally. this, Honestly, this, this, this was an amazing because reading. somebody over here is an MLB The Show 20 like fanboy would polish the knob if it was real. Oh like, yeah, Spectator Spectator Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new name, Spectator Dan. That's what we decided to call him. How many? I mean, actually, we should be calling me Download Dan because I heard the downloads were a little low on the LDG podcast, and they're only up when I'm on it. So let's start uh -oh. calling me Download Dan. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> I'm only up when you're on it. I don't know where you're getting these numbers from, but. <laughs> right. I got the official reports right here you got you, you got the inside knowledge i guess uh <laughs> yeah t tony ox pro skater one and two definitely the the rightful winner i think all of us put a lot of time into that game sean you bought that one too didn't you yeah yeah no i i really enjoyed that game i just honestly i i think at a certain point i just realized i wasn't very good at it <laughs> it definitely took me some time to really like get back into the swing of things as well but once i did man i had an absolute pleasure uh beating both of those games again and I haven't fired it up since I finished two, but I left it on the because we put the pro, as I just said a few minutes ago, out in the living room. I left several games on there for Jessica. I left Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two because I know I think she'd have fun messing around on that. All the RPGs, you know, that I know she'll want to play eventually, like Persona 5 Royal. I left Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us on there so she could play through those eventually. But uh, I think she might jump into some Tony Hawk because I, I I know that like those games were were super popular when she was a kid too. And um, man, they're just fun to play. They're just fun to play. I think I think Dirt Five could have been in this category, but there's no way it would have won. Yeah, it, it definitely could have been in here. 
And and maybe I should have put it in here, but nah, it wasn't it wasn't needed. Honorable uh, mention Daytona USA from oh, yeah, na- from, from 1995. <laughs> How about cruising cruising USA, cruising the world, cruising. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember how that game started up? Cruising USA. Yeah. yeah. And then it would kick you <laughs> with the theme song. <laughs> That's how we need to start the awesome podcast every game. week. LDG podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm going to start everything. I'm going to be like cooking some ramen. Yeah. <laughs> G Fuel and butt, Coke. Yeah. G Fuel and Coke in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next category, we had best platforming Metroidvania game. As we mentioned, we are omitting Super Meat Boy Forever because it just it didn't feel like it should be included. Like I said, we were going to include it if it was good because we do include everything that releases in a given year. Didn't make the cut. Didn't make the cut. Six nominees then. Astro's Playroom, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Shantae and the Seven Sirens, and Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2. Very strong category here. I love all of these games. And well, maybe except Meat Boy Forever. But the other six, I really love all of those games. And I think the rightful winner was Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the one that had the most votes. I definitely, agree. definitely the best platforming Metroidvania game. Uh, Sean, you went Astro's Playroom. Have you actually jumped into Playroom yet? Yeah, no, I've, I've played Playroom. And the only reason why I put it over... Uh, Ori was because I felt like it was more of a surprise and refreshing oh, Absolutely. than Ori would have been for me. And, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I've played Ori games, but I've watched a lot of people play them. And to be honest, I, I just, it's not really my flavor. So I, I realized that I am not a credible vote, but I had one and I cast it nonetheless. So here yeah, we go. You, your votes count, Sean. Like they say, everybody's votes count. Except yours really didn't hear, so sorry. Yeah, no, it sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, definitely a, a a very good game. And man, could potentially pick up some other rewards later on, I guess. We'll see how it goes. Uh, two more to go before we really get into the discussion phase. Best first person, third person shooter. We had six nominees. Half-Life Alex, Doom Eternal, Valorant, Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And Destiny 2 Beyond Light. I just realized this one ended in a tie as well. Holy crap. We have <laughs> myself and Kyle going okay, for Doom Eternal. On. Oh, sorry. What, what happened? Somebody, no, somebody's Sean in here trolling his, right now. What happened? Somebody's trolling. Sean just changed his vote. Oh, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even realize. Yeah, I saw it happen like live. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't even realize. I thought I, I, thought I completely spaced it. This one also had a tie. <laughs> so it looks like Sean voted for Warzone, but I think his other vote must have initially been for Doom Eternal. I was, I was, I was Doom Eternal, Eternal initially. Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah. You really are Ron Burgundy, man. You'll read anything on the teleprompter, dude. You don't freaking. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm looking at if I'm if I'm looking at it, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> just assume that. I, I missed it. I mean, I do miss things from time to time. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I honestly like. I think Doom Eternal's um, Doom Eternal's vote. fucking I'm, I'm dope, just, man. I'm just kidding. I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I waited a long time to play that. Uh, it, it finally came to Game Pass on PC earlier this month. I jumped in this week. I am on the fifth mission of twelve. I haven't started really the fifth mission. I'm right at the beginning of it, but. 
Uh, yeah, it's a freaking awesome game. Kyle, you were right. Doom Eternal is good, but that's because I feel like it it, it plays more like Metroid Prime, as I was talking to you about the other day, and, and, and not so much as like a normal Doom game. And I think that's yeah. why I'm really digging this one so much. There's a lot of there's a lot of platforming exploration. And there wasn't the first one, too, but this one kind of opens up those arenas a little bit and makes you really hunt down for power ups and skill points. And gosh, I just... Like I said, I, and I've talked about it before. I loved everything about this game. And then uh, our last category here before we start debating the big ones, best horror survival game only had three nominees. It was definitely a light category this year. Resident Evil 3 remake, carry on and the Dark Pictures anthology Little Hope. This one also ended in a tie. Uh, we had two votes for Resident Evil 3 remake and two votes for carry on. And yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Who cares? That's <laughs> I mean, they're both good games. They're both awesome. Yeah, they're both good games. I really enjoyed Carry On. Kyle, you wait. You didn't say you finished Carry On. Yeah, I did. Did I write that in? Oh, I did write that in. Never mind. OK, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, OK. You silly bastard. Yeah, that is in there. I wanted to make <laughs> I wanted to make sure I actually counted it. I wanted to make sure I counted it. But yeah, you finished it this past week. So uh, good game. Yeah, good game. They're both about the same in terms of a uh, gameplay length. Also, yeah, they're they're. Uh, relatively Both about four and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. Resident Evil three remakes, definitely a, not a long game, but I do like the remake of Resident Evil three. It's something that I got a chance to sit down and play, uh, back in October. Uh, so I'm okay with this one ending in a tie as well. And of course, obviously with four of us, things just will end in ties from time to time. So it happens, just how man. it is just how it is. Hello, everybody. It's Kyle from The Media Files. And if you don't know what The Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Now we got a debate, guys. Now we're going to be moving into the big categories and where we'll be spending the rest of the show on trying to determine these 10 winners. We're going to kick things off with best narration and story. And your five nominees are The Last of Us Part 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and Tell Me Why. Best narration story. This is a good category here. Because I think all five of these games have a really strong story. And I and I don't really know where this is going to go. So who wants to start us off on this one? I think narrowing things down here is going to be the way to go. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start knocking, you know, pegs off the board? Well, if the I last could knock one of these off. has an incredible story, as does Ghost of Tsushima. OK, now Ghost of Tsushima is the one and I love Ghost of Tsushima. I think it's the one that has the weakest story of these four. Oh, uh, I, I think it's a cool story. I think there are great characters, but I think it's a pretty run of the mill uh, revenge type samurai story. war story. I don't. I don't think there's any boundaries being broken in this. In this tale of the ghost of Tsushima, it is just kind of cool guy gets a couple swords, learns abilities, avenges his people. Yeah, Mister Cool, you know, guy gets a couple. That it's guy. A, it's a cool story. It's a nice story. It's not a great story. Okay, I could see that. There's my argument for that. I would also say, and I know that I'm. I'm. 
this is just for me here. As much as I love Hades, I don't think the story is the strong part. I think it's a brilliant story, but the story is told through the characters and the interactions between the characters. It's yeah, a there's very not a well lot of written... narration. There's not like a ton of plot. It's more just, right. you know, you going out there and trying to escape the underworld over and over and over again. Now you're going to get more plot the deeper you get into it, but it's again it's told through the story of the of the characters interacting with each other i think that it's a really good greek tragedy just a classic greek greek tragedy of of i mean just terrible consequences of of what people must live through and go through but that being said probably could be knocked off that's just my opinion i think those two are probably the weakest two of the bunch uh so here's the deal I always I always have some preface. <laughs> I didn't I didn't play a lot of these games. I have more observed from a distance. Yeah, but story-wise, I mean that's something you can grasp without actually playing it. 100%. I feel like The Last of Us Part 2 is the most original, deep and captivating story out of the 5 that I've seen. So, yes, Valhalla is probably really dope, but I don't know that much about it. And from what I saw, I was like, ah, eh, Vikings going to Britain. Okay. You know, I, if I had to put anything on like a runner up, it would be tell me why. Tell Just me why has a really interesting story. And it I deals with, with a, it, de- it deals with a lot of issues yeah. that, that are, you know, relevant in 2020. I was going to say, yeah, 2020 really brought those to light, right? Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I agree with Sean that Tell Me Why could, to me, could be a very solid runner-up in this category. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is interesting because the main plot is, is sort of lacking, but where you get a lot of awesome narration and story content is through the, uh, the, the interactions with some of the side stuff that... Granted, I have been skipping a lot of the side missions, but there are some really cool stuff in there. And then some of the main story missions are just so well written. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla definitely has a great story as well. But I I, I think that this category really comes down to The Last of Us Part 2. I really do. It's hard because my story is such a huge part of the game that you almost want to just vote for the best game out of those five. But it's. You got to look you got to look beyond like the actual gameplay experience and just look exactly. at the narrative. Right. That's like, what I that's- mean. And and I think if we're talking about game, I think Ghost of Tsushima belongs right up there. But right. going past the gameplay, going into the narrative and the, and the tale that's being told. I mean, I really think you'll have a very hard time finding a better game with a more strongly written and better acted story than Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. And I think that probably would be my vote as well for this one. The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I I wrote the review for The Last of Us uh, Part Two, and it took me I even said it in the review. It took me a few days to kind of just really wrap my head to me around the story and what I had just experienced. I. Didn't see a lot any of this coming. Uh, to me, the emotional roller coaster that it really took me on uh, was it was absolutely crazy. Um, I think they did a good job, you know, because uh, I mean, I guess I could talk about it, right? Spoilers. I mean, can I talk about it? <laughs> yeah, Sean. Yeah, ha- Sean hasn't experienced <laughs> the whole story yet, so uh, uh, you okay, know well, what, I dude? I'm, might... I'm just no. Go ahead, because honestly, at this point, I mean, the game come out in June. 
if I haven't played it now, I'm probably not going to get to it for a while. And I, you know how I am. I'm forgetful. So F it, well, go for it. W- skip, without skip, trying ahead, to spoil- skip ahead two minutes if you don't want to hear this. Yeah, uh, just well, just the, the how they talk, you know, with Ellie and Abby and, and just how we get to see both sides of the story, because at first you're just super pissed off uh, at Abby, you know, and 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 as and I was and it, uh, a little of the wind got taken out of the, the game for me right when we started over with Abby's story. But as I progressed through it more, I really began to understand and grasp everything and, and what she was going through. And then to me, and especially with this year, like it, it helped you to see kind of both sides of the story and what these uh, ladies were going through. And I, I have never experienced uh, an emotional roller coaster and, and everything that I experienced with this game. I've, I've never experienced that anywhere else. So to me, the vote is Last of Us Part Two. For you know, me. the ability of the game to take an antagonist and make it a protagonist yeah. so so oh, yeah. believably, oh, yeah. and then take a protagonist and make it the antagonist. <laughs> yeah, that is just beautiful. I mean, it's ma- it's absolute masterclass storytelling. So we're going with The Last of Us Part Two, best narration story. Yes, that's my vote. Yes, mine as well. I agree. My vote, Sean. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man. No, hey, okay. hey. <laughs> 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 the odd man out because your vote doesn't count anyway. At that that point. being said, dog, I'm out. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to go Hades. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, The Last of Us Part 2, your best narration story. Well-deserved. Absolutely well-deserved. We're going to go into most surprising game next. We have five nominees. We got Call of Duty Warzone. We got Hyperscape. We got Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. We got Phasmophobia and Genshin Impact. I like this category because it it could be taken in so many different ways. Like, what does most surprising game mean to you? It could mean a lot of different things. And for me, I think the most surprising game of this year was Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. I think the... (laughs) <laughs> who blew a raspberry into the microphone? I, I think that was Sean. <laughs> Fall Guys, you know, was a game that none of us really knew about until that E3 Devolverland Expo, right? When they put out that little cool demo thing because of all the coronavirus pandemic stuff and E3 getting canceled. So Devolver's like, fuck it, we'll just make a digital show. And you got to go through this thing and play all these games. And I thought that was a really intelligent way, first of all, to to show off games and, and let people experience them. And then when Fall Guys came out and we all jumped in and 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 we look at how big it got and how much publicity it got you look at all the stuff that happened with tim the Tatman and and just the developers of this game how they keep changing things i i think fall guys has been really surprising with how well it's done i am gonna counter there okay i hope okay. you don't mind Dan. no I, I i want you to sean because you were not even uh down to play fall guys with us last week yeah freaking scrooge <laughs> so scrooge he, here's, here's where there. i'm coming from If you look at the core of what surprised you about the game, yes, it was surprising that we just got this drop trailer and then it blew up. Sure. But it's a Devolver digital game. They're known for putting out good titles. Once you knew that they were putting it out, you had some faith already. Okay, the game itself. Once we saw the trailer, we knew exactly what it was going to be. It was going to be shenanigans running around and levels, all that good stuff. That's that's all well and good. 
I gotta say, Phasmophobia for me was the most surprising game of 2020 because developer Kinetic Games put this game out and it blew up, especially through streaming, to a level that I don't think anyone would have thought. It's got a 10 out of 10 out of Steam. It's It's got so many different qualities about it that you wouldn't expect from this type of game. It's It's really a phenomenon. When you look at how many people have played this game and streamed this game and the numbers did not drop after a week and a half, that's pretty impressive. In and of itself, I think that's more surprising that the reception of this game was bigger than it should have been when we knew that Fall Guys and Devolver were going to knock it. You you knew they were going to do a good job. So I, I don't know. You can debate it. Uh, please, I'd love to hear your counterpoint. But for me, Phasmophobia, man, that's that's the one. Well, I don't think either of those are deserving of the win, to be honest. Ooh, wow. Uh, Phasmophobia kind of came and went for me. I didn't think it did anything too special. Had a couple of really cool you know, uh, mechanics in it that I thought were neat to watch for a little bit. And then it, and then it's kind of faded out. Uh, Fall Guys, I wasn't surprised that it was fun. They, again, like Sean said, once I saw the trailer for it, I was like, OK, this will be a good time. It has been a good time. Not a lot of surprise in Fall Guys for me. Hyperscape, not a lot of surprise. Again, I it was fun. It was quick pace, but but it didn't do anything groundbreaking for me to really hold my my attention. I think the surprise of success that Call of Duty Warzone has had has been a really big one for me uh, and that it holds on. People play Warzone still. They're going to continue to play it. It is gigantic. And I think that has been a big shock to me. Also, Genshin Impact. When we talked about that initially, I called it like a, a weeb gotcha free to play, you know, China virus. And um, it wasn't. <laughs> it was it was a really well thought out open world RPG with good characters and good voice acting and a lot of good action. And so, I mean, mine goes to either Warzone or Genshin Impact. Dan, what do you think? All doing? right, Dan. Yeah, so, I mean, I could I could roll off Hyperscape. I mean, me and Brian tried it a little bit. I mean, it, it, the concept, uh, I like. They've the, changed the, it to some since we last played. So we really need to jump back in and see what's different. Uh, true. Uh, very true. Um, so, but it, it wasn't, I don't know. I guess it wasn't a very surprising game for me. It has a, uh, some cool uh, aspects I like about it. Um, Phasmophobia, I, I never really got into. Um, I, I guess to me, it wasn't, it really didn't hit me me on the radar uh genshin impact the same way it wasn't really to me it wasn't on my radar uh to me it is between call of duty Warzone and fall guys i didn't expect uh fall guys i guess to uh kind of blow up the way that it did uh i I think it's really quite i think the cool thing about that game too is that like anybody can jump into that game like there's not like you know war zone is well because you can get lucky and 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 like dan you got a crown once I did. I somehow got a crown. Very lucky. Um, you know, everybody's putting the focus on the tap man trying to get a crown. Where, where's my focus on trying to get a crown? Yeah, where's, know, where, where's the struggle that crazy eleven went that. through? But uh, <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, people posting of their kids getting crowns and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Um, so I guess to me, you know, that's surprising because it was such a, it's, it's a game where anybody can jump into. And then, I, I mean, I expected Warzone to have some success because, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's Call of Duty, but I didn't expect it to have the success and really keep me coming back uh, for more with I mean, it's, it's probably the game I've bought the most season passes for. 
um the updates and now integrating it in like you know we were curious to kind of know what how they were going to do the cold war integration i know some people are kind of hating on it but i think it's really cool that you know maybe this is something going forward that Warzone's going to be around for a while and integrate you know the the various call of duty games that come in every year which uh, to me is, is is great because that's new content breathing fresh content into a game because Warzone did do or call of duty did do an uh a battle royale and nobody really talked about it it was uh i think they uh i can't exactly before remember what it was warzone? called did they huh before warzone they did yes there was before warzone there was a battle royale that they did uh was that part of a uh a multiplayer was that oh i you know what i remember it was, I like, just it was a black it was yeah, like a was black it part ops. of black ops uh, was it black yeah. ops 4 maybe so, yeah, that had, i can't yeah i can't specifically remember I the remember. name and that yeah you know that didn't really catch on and take off so i think Warzone, it's uh really blew up and uh, yeah people are still playing it and yeah I, I to me that was a surprise i didn't expect it to i kind of figured it would fizzle out and it's still going strong at the end of the year so to me my two uh would be uh Warzone and fall guys ultimate okay so kyle between genshin impact and Warzone, which one would you go for of those two <sighs> i'm gonna make things difficult honestly i'd probably go for genshin impact Dan, between Fall Guys and Warzone, which one would you go with? Oh man, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> and go with and go with your gut. If it ends in a four way tie, that's fine. We'll figure it out after that. If it does, go with your gut. I'm gonna go Fall Guys. Oh, well, there you go then. Fall Guys is your winner. Most surprising game. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. I actually thought Warzone was gonna win. I really did. Even the winner was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually so thought Warzone. Perfect. I thought Warzone was actually gonna take that one. I thought Dan Woo! would go Warzone, and then I thought maybe uh, maybe somebody else would too. Uh, yeah, screw if, Activision. If it ended in a four way tie, <laughs> I, w- I would have probably switched mine to something else. But yeah. um, I like the Fall Guys wins here because I I do think it was a really surprising game. And, yeah, and after too. after we played the beta, after we saw you know just how many Kyle remember when you jumped in and did Fall Guys during the initial beta. We had like people left and right jumping into the stream trying to get keys because every fucking streamer that day was giving away keys. Like like, this game was just exploding and I never anticipated that. So I I love that they're still going strong. We just recently all played uh, except for Sean because he's not a fan of Fall Guys anymore. We played the winter update season three the other night on Dan's stream and that was fun for your birthday. We had yeah, Sean, so Sean much didn't want to play. Sean didn't even want to play for your birthday. He's like, "Fuck Dan's birthday." I, I want to play man. Fall Guys. <laughs> he, <laughs> I, I came in and dropped a view and and helped out Danny. Dude, that and was. So I wished much fun, him a though. happy birthday before his birthday. Right, so we got, much freaking we got, fun. We, we were we replaced Sean with Big Boss. So yeah, all yeah. good. No, oh, yeah, good. no, it was no, it was kidding. cool. It, no, kidding, it, it, it was fun. Uh, I, I, to me, it is. It, it's the biggest surprise uh, between that and Warzone for me. I, I could have went with my heart and said Warzone, but I went with my gut. Fall Guys. Uh, I, I, yeah, a lot of fun. I wish I could play it more. I mean, maybe I need to start Fall Guy or Friday Fall Guys on streaming or something. I don't know. Sean couldn't be there for Dan's fortieth birthday celebration. No, Jesus, man. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on Dan the damn forty five, and you couldn't even play a game with him. I know. Damn, <laughs> 
We're going to go uh, Can't Stop, Won't Stop for 2020 as our next category. If you remember from last year, Can't Stop, Won't Stop is a category that basically means what game could you not put down this year? Like what game did you constantly find yourself going back to playing all the time? And what what was it last year for? Uh, fuck, I don't even remember what won last year. What did win last year? What one can't stop, won't stop last year? I don't even Pokemon? remember. I don't think so. I don't think it was Pokemon. I don't fucking remember. I don't but your, your six nominees for this year are Neon Abyss, Super Mega Baseball 3, which really was just me, but I put so many hours into Super Mega Baseball 3 that I had to include it. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Call of Duty Warzone, in World of Warcraft Shadowlands. This is a really interesting category here, and I'm very curious to see what's going to pick up the win on this one. Who wants to start uh, this one? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start it off because it's going to be short and sweet for me. I mean, it's Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, I've put so much time into that this year. I even when I've kind of stopped streaming it, but I'm still playing it uh, when I'm not. Uh, even if I hop on and just play a quick game or two, I'm having a lot of fun with this game still. Uh, like I said, with the Black Ops uh, integration, uh, it's kind of broke the game a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm com- confident that they will get it fixed. I'm still enjoying it. The different game modes, you know, the refreshing guns every every month or so you know there's a new meta everybody figures it out to me it's call of duty Warzone. i'm having a shit ton of fun with it dan's out there uh exploiting the stim stuff going invisible yeah. no yeah <laughs> yeah that's they gotta fix that that that's a big issue but uh it, it's yeah it, it's what i want to play uh for me i i think this ultimately comes down to animal crossing new horizons as my choice it is the game that i've continuously gone back to throughout the year not as often as i thought i was going to in the later months because i was starting to play some other things and like i said every time i fire it up i just start terraforming and then i stop doing everything else and then i get bored with terraforming and then i go back to it a few weeks later but for the first like four months like we talked about i i put 500 and some odd hours into this game and that's more than anything i put time into any other thing this year so, yeah, can't stop, won't stop for me. I wanted it to be Super Mega Baseball 3 because I fucking love that game, but it has to be Animal Crossing New Horizons for my vote. This topic comes down to can't stop, won't stop, and can't stop, will stop. There are games in here that I can't stop now, but I will stop eventually. Uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands falls into that for me. I can't stop it now, but it you know that will run out before too long. I think that Animal Crossing New Horizons is the game here that holds the most longevity for me. It's the game that I continue to go back to and I probably will continue to go back to for years. Well, especially because they just recently said that they are going to be doing new content at least all of next year as well. But I but I imagine they're going to stretch this out for years, adding new DLC, new content, new updates, new items, new events, that kind of stuff. Sean, what are you thinking? Oh, well, I guess it comes down to old Sean, dog. Okay. well, I'm going to piss some people off here. I I got to go with Call of Duty Warzone. Okay. Okay. The only reason why is because I feel like out of the two games that are in contention right now, Animal Crossing is a game that I can't in good faith vote for if I haven't picked it up in months. Call of Duty Warzone, Dan has the most dedication to that game, game out that of never any of us. Another game that you've never picked up. <laughs> never another. To be fair, all of these games I've stopped. 
I know. Even did Shadow, you, did you, did you, did you even start Shadowlands? I know you were you stopped Warcraft essentially. I played. I played did you the actually pick up? Sh- oh, okay, which okay. I consider to be the game. No, it, it it largely is just without the new zones. Right. And I gotta tell you, after like three hours, I was done, and that's okay. That's you know that's not indicative of the game being bad. It just didn't captivate me. So. Here's here's the deal with Animal Crossing is for a while it was can't stop won't stop and it got me through some hard times man I I would come home from work with tension headaches and migraines and I'd throw on freaking Animal Crossing and a heating pad and I'd be all good it was my medicine but one day I quit taking my medicine and I haven't looked back and if I got to honor anything about our team it's the fact that Dan is effing dedicated to Warzone. <laughs> yep. Even, so even I when think I'm streaming that it's in front the rightful of no one. winner out yeah. of the Level Down Games Awards, maybe not Sean's awards because I think Sean just flat out stopped all of these games or never even started them. So there you go. Hell yeah. So it's a tie. So it's comes well, he makes down a convincing to, argument, boys. Well, uh, these ones can't end in a tie. So we have to determine now between Animal Crossing New Horizons and Call of Duty Warzone. And I mean, yeah, no you're right. You, you, you do. Well, I'm going to. You do make a, a, a compelling, a compelling argument for Warzone. I think that, you know, if we were lumping all of like the amount of playtime, New Horizons would easily take the category there based on. I don't know how I think, Sean, you put like 120 hours ish into the game. Kyle, no, you're more into that than I've ever put in anything video game wise this year, for sure. Anything yeah, well, well, ever. What is life? When I think yeah. I and I, I think haven't I spent checked, less time on my MBA, honestly, I, have, I haven't checked like play times in a long time, but I know for a while there you were sitting over 120 hours. Kyle, you were over 120 as well. Um, Dan, I don't think you ever eclipsed the 100 hour mark in, in Animal Crossing. Uh, like I said, I was well over 500 hours. Jessica's at like 570 hours. Um, what is, Animal does Cr- Jess still play Animal Crossing regularly? Yeah, she does. Um, but well, she's a part of the team. She is, but she's not like the, on the podcast and and oh, really didn't, and, yeah. and, and really didn't want to have a say for the actual awards. So I, I kind of omitted that from the thought process a little bit. Um, I'm actually OK if Warzone takes this category. I mean, so am I, I. I'm I okay guess with that. Kyle, what I do you try think? to think about what our listeners would pick as well. I think by and large, it's more largely accepted that Call of Duty Warzone would be a game that you keep coming back to over Animal Crossing for them. But I don't know. I don't know that I don't know, because maybe it may maybe for like the 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 dedicated listeners that we interact with on a daily basis. But Animal Crossing just I mean, so look how many copies that game sold in in just like the first month, like 20 some fucking million or something like that. It's Uh, also tough because you think about where we're at. Like, I'm sure if we were in Japan, Animal Crossing would win hands down. People play that game religiously over there i think over in america Warzone beats animal crossing if you had to generalize that the pandemic had a lot to do with uh the success of new horizons as well because people were stuck at home and spending a lot of time you know living Correct. a life in in a game where they couldn't actually do that um like i said i'm okay if Warzone takes this kyle what do you think well i say Hell no, Animal Crossing. I'm just kidding. I don't care. Warzone's 
All right, here, I'll, ma- I'll make it easy. I'm changing my vote to Animal no, Crossing. No, you can't change your vote. <laughs> can't change your vote. I mean, technically, this did come down to a two-way tie between the two games. But I think for the official Can't Stop, Won't Stop award, we'll give the nod to Call of Duty Warzone. That'll be Let's the only thing it. it wins, Dan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, hey, good. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take it whatever breadcrumbs I can get. Whatever breadcrumbs I can award. get, I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, where do we want to go next? Oh, here's a good one. Let's do this one here. Best next generation game. Oof. This ca- this oh. category is only Cyberpunk games that- 2077 needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> and for this particular category, I did consider it as like games that looked well or played well or did something unique on the PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X. And actually, all of these games are PlayStation 5 games. Because no games really came out for the Xbox, right? Correct. Yeah, there were no exclusives for the Xbox Series that really did anything different, which is why we didn't put any on there. So your five nominees for Best Next Generation Game, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Demon Souls, Astro's Playroom, Sackboy A Big Adventure, and Godfall. I mean... Only only two or three of those are really next generation games. Sure. If you if you look at the fact that Miles Morales and Sackboy are available on PlayStation 4. Yes. So Astro's Playroom, probably not the best game of that bunch. Mostly a tech demo for the controllers. Still good. And so for me, it's between Demon's Souls and Godfall. Obviously, I've got to choose Demon's Souls there. I got to be honest, I don't think Demon's Souls really should qualify because it's a remake. Oh, uh, let's not do this. Yeah, rem- remakes definitely count for categories regardless of, of, of where they fall in. If you actually play Demon's Souls and see what uh, what Bluepoint did with that and, and the drastic things that they put in Is there. Is it drastically the different? I mean, it's largely the same game, but it, it feels better. Demon's well, Souls came out in 2009. Is it a remaster or a remake? Complete from the ground up remake. OK, all right. Then then I stand corrected. If it was a remaster, I'd be like, come on. Yeah, you no, know, they, but- com- they completely remade the game. Um, you know, this, the story elements are the same. They they did add some things to it. They added some collectibles that uh, that Blue Point seems to put in there. They did the same thing with Shadow of the Colossus, and I love that they do that. But um, yeah, Demon Souls is is a freaking amazing looking game. Definitely, I think the highlight of the PlayStation 5 in terms of graphic capabilities when it came out. But Kyle, I, I'm actually going to argue against you on Astro's Playroom here because I think the best next generation game is Astro's Playroom because while while it was a tech demo that released with the PlayStation 5 and was a free game that came installed on every PS5. It's a complete game. There's several worlds here with multiple sections to each world. And what it does with the DualSense, I think, is the most next generation thing of anything else on this list. So my vote yeah, goes to Astro's Playroom. The Dual Sense carries Astro's Playroom for sure. I can I can definitely agree with you there. If if you didn't have the Dual Sense, the game wouldn't be a game. No. With, okay, yes, without correct. the Dual Sense, yeah. my vote would not go to Astro's Playroom. My vote would go to Demon Souls. But because of the Dual Sense and because of every man, even the sound, I mean the soundtrack to both of those games are great as well. Um 
But Astro's playroom really blew me away. I wasn't expecting it to be what it was. I wasn't expecting the dual sense to literally just impress me in so many different ways. Like that was the first thing I jumped into when I started the PS5. And Dan, I can't believe it wasn't the first thing you jumped into as well, because you are are, are such a big fan of the capabilities of the dual sense. And that's the game that shows it off. Oh, I, mean, I, hang on. I know I, I still I stumbled haven't through touched that. it. Maybe it that'll be it off my most. 25th game because you said it's only what, five hours? Not even my God, not even five hours. OK, so maybe that'll be the game that I beat to get my 25th. I want to I mean, I want to jump into it. I do because um, I uh, did play around with the first Astros playroom on the PS4, probably in the minority. And that that was kind of cool. Um uh, for me, man, best next generation game. See, it's tough because like Godfall, if you take away like the repetitive. Uh, yeah, no, Godfall stuff, deserves to be on this list because it's a graphically impressive game. No, it is. It really showed off how great uh, the PS5 can make games run and look. Um, and I enjoyed my time with Godfall. Even though, you know, my my gripe was that it was a $70 game and I got about, I don't know, 20 hours of play out of it. And the end game was super repetitive. But I mean, man, but it's it, it would be between Sackboy, a big adventure for me and Godfall would be my two choices. And I'd probably be leaning more. I'd probably be leaning. I don't know, man. That's tough. That's tough. I don't know which one I'd lean more. You got to lean towards be, something. Uh, I really I thought Sackboy looked really great. Uh, I mean, Sackboy. Boy's a good choice. Sackboy's a good choice. I have no issues with Sackboy. I'm going to I'm going to go. It runs great on PS5. You're right. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Sackboy. Okay, so we got to vote for Sackboy. We got to vote for Astro's Playroom. We got to vote for Demon's Souls. Sean, you have yet to officially vote. What are you going with? This is tough, dude. I mean, just really what it boils down to is I think I have to try to get rid of my own bias if I have to pick an objective choice based on not just what I would want, but more of what's deserving. So, I I mean, for me, hands down, the games that I enjoyed most on this list are Spider-Man, Miles Morales and Astro's Playroom, because those are the ones I played. Right. Of course, that doesn't mean that the other three games aren't deserving or, you know, equally qualified. Sure. So I look at other stuff and I think, okay, well, you know, Demon's Souls is only PS5. Miles Morales is PS4 and PS5. And I mean, does that really determine if it's still a good next gen game? Because if it's on PS5, it qualifies, right? So then I think, okay, you know, how popular or how well received was it? And that's where I'm at right now. My my theory here, I'm just going to put it out there. I think Demon's Souls sold more than than Spider-Man Miles Morales did. That's that was my theory. I'm fact checking that right now as I speak. I would be shocked if it didn't sell more than Miles. So my my pick would be Demon Souls. I love Um, it. I love it. I'll take that as the win. I really think that when you come down to the, the core of what I'm trying to get at is people bought a PS5 to play Demon Souls. A lot that's, of people that's did. That's what it is. It was the system game. You you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right in that regard, though. That was the, you know, the main system seller. I, I can't imagine people were buying a PlayStation 5 to play Astro's Playroom. However, well, when they fired Pro, up Astro's Playroom, play they were probably thoroughly impressed. You can play a PS4 Pro, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, no, you can. Miles Morales, Sackboy, like we said, those are all available on, on PS4. Yeah. So there you go. I like I like Demon Souls. Uh, I've yet to finish it, but I am totally OK with that taking the award for best next generation game. 
Uh, next up, we're going to do most sentimental game. We got five nominees. We got Spirit Fair, Tell Me Why, Florence, The Red Lantern, and The Last of Us Part Two. I'm going to kick this one off here. I, I think that Kyle, did you ever get a chance to play The Red Lantern at all this year? No, I didn't. It didn't get great reviews when it came out, and so I didn't drop the bucks on it. I, I picked it up and I played a little bit of it, but I never did finish it. it. It didn't have some of the emotional beats that I was that I was hoping it would. But there is still a really endearing, really heartfelt, sentimental story being told about, you know, you being in this freaking wilderness with your sled dogs. And especially if you turn the, the ability to have the dogs be able to pass away on, I can imagine that would make the game way more sentimental but i i did you know tell it to i don't want dogs to die so <laughs> i wasn't playing with that on um spirit fair kyle i know you were absolutely a huge fan of i i was myself i never did actually get around to and it's going to be a common theme i never finished spirit fair either but it is a a really 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 strong game very sentimental as you're helping these uh, souls and spirits pass on through the gate or whatever they call it in the game and being what is it it's like the story that's told between your character and these NPCs that you're helping as you determine like who they are and some of the background that you get while well, that like the game is it, it knows how to tug on the heartstrings definitely uh, you know if I look at this list there are two that stick out to me it's last of us part two and it's spirit fairer those are the two that stick out to me as well and I do think that Spiritfarer edges Last of Us Part 2 out just a little bit. Last of Us Part 2 relies on on action and shock, I think, to, to convey a lot of emotion sometimes. And Spiritfarer does not. There's no shock. There's no action to speak of in that game. It relies entirely on the relationships and the dialogue that you have with these characters in order to form these bonds and create sentiment and feeling and emotion. And it works perfectly. I cried playing Spiritfarer and it, it made a... It made me uh, plan a trip to go visit my grandma next year, actually. That was the game that did it because my grandma's getting older and I know that I need to be around her a little more kind of as she comes into these twilight years of her life. Spiritfarer was the one that that kind of prompted me to do so. So I, I have to vote Spiritfarer here. Now, there is a there is an interesting game on this list that that a lot of people probably aren't going to be too familiar with, which is Florence. And that is a game that came out back in February of this year. So a lot of people largely have forgotten about it by now. That's one of those unfortunate things when games do come out so early in the year and then we do awards at the end. Sometimes it's hard to remember, but I do remember Florence because it's a very short game. Uh, it can be finished in anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. But the storytelling that they had, like the the actual art style in the game, the music in the game is so well done. It's about this girl, Florence, and it, it tells a really heart well, uh, heartwarming story between these two characters, her and then a, a a guy named Krish that she meets, who is a cello player, which is a is a major part of the story, even though it is not a long game. Uh, very emotional, but I don't know that it would hold up against Spirit Fair or The Last of Us Part Two. I don't want to dive too deep into spoilers for The Last of Us Part Two, but there were several moments in that game that really, really hit me hard. I think I would have to go Last of Us Two over Spirit Fair. 
One game that I think I probably could have could have put onto this list safely as well. Now's not the time to do it, obviously, but White Ocean Big Jacket was another game that I played earlier this year that had a very kind of family-based story, a, a blended family and and friends getting together. Very sentimental, very cute. But I love this category. You know how much I love games that have oh, stories yeah. like no, this. I, I, games that really choke me up, that make me, you know, want to cry. Are, are games that I really do want to play. So we got a vote for you from Spirit Fair. We, I'm, I think I'm going to go last was part two. Sean, Dan, where are you guys leaning on this one? I feel like if you put on Sad Country and drink Jack Daniels, any game could make you cry. <laughs> well, that seems like... Dan starts that, laughing that, that, I was going to say, that, gonna say <laughs> that just seems like Dan's life every night. Sipping on Jack Daniels, crying to some video games. <laughs> I mean, I was sipping on a little Apple Jack Daniels uh, the other night, and it was tasty. <laughs> your tears mixed into it well my friend yeah they did i gotta go with spirit fair on this one bro okay so you're going spirit fair yeah spirit I, fair I, is, I feel like spirit fair like is the a game good choice. is sentiment that's the whole part of the game there's nothing else to the game that really drives the game it's just it's just finding people that and you, you did play had experience with i remember you life. played some spirit fair so yeah and you learn more about them as you go through it's not like you just like oh this was your dad this was your friend abby like it's they tell you little details about things that affected them that are personal and deep like small things too it's not like big bombs that they drop on you it's like as you go through the game you learn more and more little things about these characters and they become more I guess, attached to you as you go. So, and then, you know, of course you're ferrying them to the other side. So it's, it's deep. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go last of us part two. I mean, like I said, I Damn brought it, it up earlier. Uh, the emotional roller coaster this game really put me on and it took me a few days to kind of wrap my head around what uh, to put words onto paper and write the review for it. Um, so, yeah, my, that that's my vote. The last of us part two. I think both Spirit Fair and the last of us part two are, are, are definitely worthy winners of of the most sentimental game award for this year. I think the reason I went Last of Us Part 2 over Spirit Fair is because I never did get around to finishing Spirit Fair, and I actually did finish The Last of Us Part 2, and I know how that game kind of hit me, both in some of the major plot points leading up to the end and at the end itself. But in all honesty, Spirit Fair is a, is a truly sentimental game, and uh, and I'm okay with that winning. So I, I can switch my vote to Spirit Fair to, to break the tie and, and definitely be okay with that winning this category well how do you want to define or apply the definition of sentimental because if you're looking for the nostalgia factor like i said the last of us part two has a really big advantage being that it's a continuation and it will pull out those feelings of nostalgia and sadness for the things that have happened in the entire canon and that you experience them over and over again in part two. But I mean, do you want to judge that component of it as well? Or are you just looking at just if someone played the last of us part two without playing the last of us part one, most sentimental game to me generally means like a game that, that I really had a good cry when I played, like that's generally how I kind of think of games to put into this particular category every single year games that either choked me up put tear into my eyes actually made me cry um those those are where i really get into like the actual sentimental stuff of a game uh or, or it could just be like a truly heartwarming story i guess um 
but like I said, I, I am OK switching to Spirit Fair to break the tie because I really did enjoy that game as well. And and I think that it has a strong case for this category. So most sentimental game Spirit Fair 2020. I like it. We'll go with it. Not bad. We're going to move not into it. <laughs> we're not we're going to move into a category that made it just in time for the Level Down Games Awards. Kyle, you came up with this one. Most innovative game design. And I really like what this category kind of is about. We have six nominees. Mario Kart Home Circuit. The Last of Us Part Two. Half-Life Alex, Astro's Playroom. Carry On and Carto. So what we mean by most innovative game design is a game that did things that really have never been done before. So Mario Kart Home Circuit, no one, I mean, yes, Mario Kart's been done before, but not with actual like controllable RC Mario Karts, you setting up a course in your house and playing that. Never been done before. The Last of Us Part 2, the accessibility stuff that they put in there, how they literally made the game, you know, accessible to anybody, regardless of your disability, regardless of your play style, you can play The Last of Us Part 2. And that is very fucking cool. Half-Life Alex being an incredible first-person shooter done in VR, and obviously the return of Half-Life anyway. But I think this game definitely did some things with VR and is one of the stronger VR games to ever release. So that's why it made the category. Astro's Playroom, we already talked about it. The amazing things that it does with the DualSense where it's truly innovative and, and definitely a, a great showcase for the PS5. Carry on lets you play as a villain. And Kyle, you just again just recently finished this one. And the way that you control like the blob character that you're acting as and and the way that you move around through the levels and stuff, it, it just feels so different than anything that I had ever played before. And then Carto, you said your kid's actually playing that uh, after putting up the Xbox Series S on Christmas Day. Yep, and, I, and I started that as well. Carto lets you build the world map as you go. And that's super cool. So this is a tough, this is a really tough one for me. I, I want to see what other people have to say. I think I'm going to jump in first if that's OK. Um, I, I think that for me, it comes down to Mario Kart, Home Circuit and Half-Life Alyx. Um, just because those two games incorporate new experiences to gaming that are drastically different than what we're used to. As far as like playing games on the norm. You know, some people play VR games, but that's a very niche right now. There's only certain games that really lend themselves to playing VR well. And uh, often, in my opinion, it's more of a experience per se than maybe true gameplay in some aspects um, that could be wrong and ignorant. And that's just how I feel. Uh, so that coming down to that, I, I think I feel like you can play one of these games more and get more variance in experience and enjoyment than the other. And that's why my vote's going to Half-Life Alyx. Okay. I feel like Home Circuit is innovational and just incredible. But to be honest, it's probably only fun for a little bit. And then you realize that your house isn't dynamic and fun and exciting. And that's what makes Mario Kart games for me is the levels are so interactive and so uh crucial to the result of the race and they bring up a lot of fun and surprise and excitement and when you just race around the same armchair three times you're probably done 
So I'm going to go with Half-Life on that. I think for me, uh, kind of what you said about Mario Kart Home Circuit, I, I think is the reason that I think that is my vote for most innovative game design, even though it probably, you know, if you set up the same course in your house the exact same way every single time you played this game. Yeah, that'd probably get boring, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still innovative in that you are literally setting up this course wherever you want, whether it's in your house, you could do it outside, uh, you, you can do it. You know, I could strip Kyle down and set up a course on his on his pristine body if I wanted to. Oh, and uh, whoa. you know, like maybe m- maybe that'd be fun to do. I change my vote. Mario Kart home <laughs> you haven't even voted yet. <laughs> But also how it actually just like can recognize certain things in the world using that AR technology. Uh, There are a lot of cool things on this list, like I talked about, but but my vote definitely goes towards Mario Kart Home Circuit. Uh, Yeah, I I, uh, will keep this short and sweet. I think the Mario Kart Home Circuit gets my vote. It's really cool. Some of the cool videos I've seen, I've shown my wife. She's, you know, interested in this. It's something that I would like to get on later on down the road. I want to pick this up myself. I will own this eventually, just not while we live where we do. Uh, I just I mean, you can. There's just so much you can do with it. Sure. It doesn't play well in Ohio. Sean talked about the same armchair. Take it upstairs in the bedroom. I don't know. Take it in the bathroom. Oh, hey, I mean, just move the armchair around so it's in a different spot. Exactly. I mean, to me, it's they're so cool. The, the the videos, like I said, the videos I've seen, the cool things people are doing. Uh, I think it's really cool. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it's something I want to pick up. It'll just, like I said, be a little later on down the road. Kyle, what do you think? My vote actually goes to Astro's Playroom. I think what it did for the to show off the controller, but I not only that, kind of diving really into did. the hardware of the PlayStation Five and those being the levels of the game, I thought was really really neat. Uh, very very cool game design that I've never seen done before. But also using the controller, that's my vote. But it doesn't matter. Mario it doesn't Kart. matter. Mario that's where Kart. we go. Home Circuit is your winner. It did get two votes to the one that Half-Life Alex and Astro's Playroom got. Uh, a lot of great games Whoa. on this list, though. I think all six of these games were, were truly innovative for, for totally different reasons. And and that is so cool. And I, and I think this is a good category that we need to keep around because every year there are at least a couple different games that come out that, that try to do some, you know, unique things in the industry. So we'll probably utilize this one again next year for the LDG. 2021 awards if we're still here you know if the world doesn't end by then oh gosh 2021 better be nice man i certainly hope so (sighs) a a category that is always a favorite here at level down games especially between myself and kyle we're gonna go best indie game next we got seven nominees the pedestrian neon abyss hades fall guys ultimate knockout carry on spirit fair and necro barista I think this is actually a a relatively and it's normally not, but I think this is a relatively easy category to choose this year. It can't be too. any it can't be anything other than Hades. I I have to say Hades and it's not to say that I I enjoyed the pedestrian. I loved Neon Abyss, Fall Guys, Carry On and Spiritfarer. I All did not great play Necro Barista, but I do think that Hades is one of the best games I've played this decade in the past 10 years. I think it's one of the best games I've played. It's it, it's Supergiant's best game by far. And you know how much I love Supergiant's games. So I have to say Hades. Yeah, I'm Hades as well. 
I'm going to, I'm going to join in, man. I think Hades deserves the shutout. I hope that Dan gives it that. I think Dan, Dan will go fall guys just be different, but that's okay. I, I think Devolver <laughs> is slowly n- becoming not a pure indie studio just based on no, the amount of success. Not. They're definitely not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like Supergiant is definitely it personifies indie. It, it is indie and the game itself is a great indie game. So I give it to them, too. What do you think, Dan? Um, I mean, you, you don't have even though if you don't go Hades, even though it doesn't matter, still correct. give what, what you would vote for, because people want to know. Uh, I would actually vote for and I haven't beat it yet, but I'd actually vote for Neon Abyss. Uh, I, I thought they there. Game. Neon Abyss is a great game. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's very uh, it's uh, it looks great. Um, the the color, the just the art style to me, the way it makes the eyes boom. Like I just, I it, it was it was a lot of fun, and I need to go back to it uh, and and complete it because I did have a lot of fun playing it. Um, so out, out of this list, yeah, it would be like I can appreciate Hades though. I mean, I've seen people stream it. Um, I think so- because because you do like roguelikes now, and you, I mean, especially if you like Neon Abyss. Uh, you really should check out Hades at one point because it is set up the same way. But what I like about Hades is that there isn't like sort of like Neon Abyss has a map. A lot of these games have a map. There really isn't a map in Hades. And I think I really dug that about the game. Yeah, it's just chambers. Yeah, it's chambers. Like, so you'll go in and you'll vanquish all the enemies that are in there and then you'll get a choice between two doors. It has... Have I ever gotten a choice? But I know I have gotten a choice between three doors. There's three doors sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's not it's very door. often. It's not very often. It's usually it's one, two, two doors. Or three. And you can kind of get like a feeling of what door you want to go into based on maybe the boon, because it'll show you like the reward that you'll get if you complete that next chamber or okay. an idea of the award category, at least that you'll get. And I really dig that. I, I think Hades' game design is incredible. I really now, do. <laughs> it's on my list of games to play, and hopefully I'll get into it early next year. And I can definitely, I, I get why it's going to win this. But uh, yeah, my choice would be Neon Abyss. Definitely, definitely a great game either way, uh, both Hades and Neon Abyss. Uh, but yeah, Hades, your best indie game for 2020. I had a feeling that one would be kind of a quick category because man, Hades really did dominate a lot of things this year. And and that's really cool. And that's really cool. All right, guys, biggest disappointment (laughs) of 2020. (laughs) This is an interesting category. We already know probably what's going to win, but there's six nominees on this list. And I think all of them have been truly disappointing this year. Uh, your first one is the pandemic lasting all of 2020. That was a, a major blow to the gaming industry. It totally threw things off track. I think it fucked up a lot of things. So the fact that, you know, and it's probably going to last well into 2021, if not the entire year as well. So this might make the biggest disappointment of next year as well. Who knows? Nominee number two, Warcraft 3 Reforged. That game just did not be what we wanted it to be. Number three, Windbound. Kyle's lowest rated game ever, right? On leveldowngames.com? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> A game that uh, we were really looking forward to. And then Kyle, I think, wanted to kill himself every time he fired it up to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Nominee number four is Marvel's Avengers, which, man, we were so hyped for. We were so, you know, what's unfortunate is that Two of the four Thunderdome winners are on this list. How bad yeah. is that? 
Marvel's Avengers 1 Q3 2020 Thunderdome. Huge disappointment. Absolutely. (laughs) Number five, Dan, we know the struggles here trying to buy a PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series online during the launch period. I'm not disappointed at all. That would, yeah, no, you lucked out. (laughs) That that definitely is not on your disappointment list this year. But I think for everybody else and a majority of the, uh, the consumers out there, this was a major disappointment this year trying to actually buy something online during the pandemic because of all the fucking bots it's been a really really shitty thing and then number six cyberpunk 2077 uh, a game that we actually thought might make the list for game of the year but ends up making the list for biggest disappointment how unfortunate is that how unfortunate is that and i i think the biggest disappointment this year easily is cyberpunk 2077 oof you know, for me, it's going to be the pandemic that that went outside of the world of gaming and into my very life. Uh, I lost my job at one point. I uh, oh, my God, if we take that into account. Yeah, I mean, I got to switch. I got to go, we go the into, as into well. all things of life, but including into gaming, the pandemic ruined a lot of things for me this year. I got to go. I got to go pandemic, too. But after you said the whole job, like if we take it into account with like stuff that happened to us at LDG as well, then yeah, you're absolutely right. We got to go that route. Pandemic. That's my vote, too. I am going to echo that. I think the pandemic takes Sounds the like cake. Warcraft 3. <laughs> here's, here's why, though. I'm going to keep it gaming. Uh, I mean, I lost my job this year, too. I had to go hunting. I got a new one. I was very fortunate. Uh, I also, you know, got a, a 20% raise when I got that new job. So, hey, the pandemic's great. But honestly the day of delays that Ooh, if you man if you're yeah, a we listener, had that earlier <laughs> if you can if you went back to I that episode about the day of delays that was wild when we <laughs> yeah. recorded that you guys were solemn <laughs> i think you were more disappointed about that than cyberpunk failing because we all knew that cyberpunk was gonna be kind of iffy just because the game wasn't super hype for me the game was hyped because keanu reeves showed up that's it so i was more disappointed by the day of delays and that's why the pandemic lasting all of 2020 is my vote the day of delays was a trip holy smokes uh dan what do you think yeah i mean i i don't want to uh you know downplay the pandemic uh lasting all of 2020 uh at all because it has affected a lot of us um you know Dan, my, my Dan's wife. like actually i'm a huge fan of the pandemic and i think that deserves <laughs> it well, i mean i will you know knock on wood i haven't lost my job it hasn't affected me outside of you know um me and my wife going out and enjoying food at restaurants and stuff like that um it really hasn't uh affected me too much uh you know um you would think the volume of doors being made actually went up in the pandemic with everybody looting and shooting out there you know i mean we have we have stayed busy i mean so again you know knock on wood i i have been fortunate me and my wife haven't uh you know lost our jobs my wife's a teacher so i mean she's not going anywhere um my vote uh is is gonna be cyberpunk 2077 yeah, i had a feeling <laughs> yeah I'm, i'll keep piling on um uh, just because i think it deserves to be piled on uh, but yeah, actually, for, for everybody that thought this game was going to be game of the year and it's 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 broke. Um, yeah, that's my biggest disappointment. Dad's like, fuck all you guys. <laughs> I got to come in here and say that Cyberpunk didn't make it for me because all of the stuff I've seen on it is hilarious. <laughs> so Sean's not disappointed because he's loving all no. the bugs and stuff. <laughs> it's it's comic relief to the extreme, dude. Like some of the bugs it in this is. game are just beyond ridiculous funny 
Yeah, well, the the dildo one or whatever. <laughs> Kyle and I talked about that episode in the media files. How you, you know you could uh, sometimes your your dong will just flop out of your character's gear. <laughs> yeah, it'll just come out of your pants just randomly. Which, well, that's to be just fair, real life. A problem I have in yeah. real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> might happen sometimes. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, trying to buy a PS5 Xbox could be up there if I didn't get a PS5, but that kind of like, you know, yeah. softened that, the blow. That definitely helped the fact that at least all of us were able to get PlayStation 5s and, and provide some solid coverage for that. Uh, I am disappointed, though, that that we really weren't able to get an Xbox Series X. I know, Kyle, you got the Series S, blah, 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 but yeah, still, about. <laughs> still hard to get an Xbox Series X out there right now. I'm going to go play uh, some Carto here pretty soon. Yeah, hey, lucky you. Know you what, though, the launch was really bad, and and I feel bad that I didn't vote for it because I got lucky. There were a ton of people who, who tried to buy a ps5 during like that whole shadow drop deal and i got so lucky that i had you guys like messaging me like get on there now and you like you gave me the links because dude i, I mean bought... you have to be quick like if you're not that yeah. fast you're fucked like you gotta be quick well, i mean if it me and brian literally drove to gamestop right after we did the live reaction to that event we literally yeah, went like to you gotta be quick yeah i mean it was ridiculous yeah and like you know you guys don't get pings in discord that quick so i was like fuck i gotta text them <laughs> yeah gotta gotta send a, a singing gram to my house yeah got to, to gotta be honest somehow, i gotta was somehow shocked get a hold that of i got a ps5 on launch day I was too. I was actually thoroughly impressed that both you and Kyle got your Amazon pre-orders because Amazon tends to really screw things yeah. up sometimes. So that was impressive. And that was the only place you could get it if it you was. weren't like right where when the sites went live for like Best Buy, Walmart, Target. Those things sold out quicker than snot, dude. Yeah, the it was crazy. It, it was insane that I got one off of Amazon, to be honest. I'm still thanking my lucky stars for that demand was high and will not be slowing down anytime soon uh yeah super impressive i'm really curious to see next year's numbers of playstation 5 and xbox series sales i'm i'm really waiting like six months or so to see what the trajectory is to see if it's actually going up faster than the playstation 4 and xbox one did because those two still are the fastest selling consoles well not maybe not the Xbox one, but the PlayStation four is, is, you know, it literally set things on fire. So I'm curious if the PS five will beat that maintain maybe the same momentum or if it's going to drop down, who knows? Well, they better, they better pump out some good games in Q Q one dude, because they, they better pump out some games just in general at this point. I Let's know. get some more Sony first person, first person, first party games is what I was going to say there. <laughs> Foist poison. Foist poison. <laughs> I want some more stuff from Studio Japan. And it's something we didn't put in the uh, because we didn't have a lightning round. But a lot of the key guys that were behind Silent Hill and Siren over at um, at Studio Japan left there and went off and formed their own studio and their first game as a horror game. So the fact that they're going to be like a spiritual successor to Siren and Silent Hill, I, I'm totally down. I can't wait to see what they come up with. Hey, you know what, though? I think the launch this year was pretty underwhelming. If you look at the historical generation launches going back, I think PS3 was probably the second most disappointing. But gosh, I mean, PS, this... PS3 was definitely disappointing. The PS5 launch was really not 
what I would have expected it to be. But I think a lot of that is contributed to the winner of biggest disappointment, the pandemic. So, yeah, true. Correct. True. Yeah. yeah. So so that definitely is another reason there. So, yeah, biggest disappointment winner, the pandemic lasting all of 2020. We got three awards left to get through. I know these Level Down Games Award episodes generally do run a little bit long. This one will be quick, though. We always do our little Thunderdome Award and <laughs> and, and determine uh, which one was the rightful Thunderdome a winner. And oh, man. Is, is it anything other than Ghost of Tsushima? Because we fucked up three of the four this year. <laughs> MLB The Show, I guess, has an argument there. I blame Dan. I blame Frank for for pulling that one into the winner slot. Dan, you didn't even really put any time into this game after championing it so hard. I didn't. And MLB The Show 21 will be a lot lower on my list uh, upcoming. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so I think it has to Marvel's Avengers obviously made our biggest disappointment. Cyberpunk made our biggest disappointment. It's got to be Ghost of Tsushima, right? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, 100% agreed. Has to yep. be Ghost of Tsushima. I knew that one would be quick. Thunderdome winner. The ultimate Thunderdome winner for 2020 is Ghost of Tsushima. Well-deserved. Uh, one of the two big categories I love doing here every single year, soundtrack of the year. We love video game music here at Level Down Games. We do an entire podcast dedicated to it. BG Mania Video Game Music Podcast. New episodes posting every Wednesday and every Saturday. Make sure you tune in to... Uh, last Saturday's episode, which was uh, Kyle, you and I sitting down chatting about World of Warcraft Shadowlands. So make sure you check that out if you missed it. But we got nine nominees for Soundtrack of the Year this year. Some really, really strong contenders. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Paper Mario, The Origami King, Hades, Doom Eternal, Eichenfell, Paradise Killer, Cyberpunk 2077. Even though it was a disappointment, the music in that game is really good. And Haven. This is a strong category this year. Uh, I will just make mine short and sweet. I'm voting Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think it's really the only game that I put a lot of time into on this list. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a great choice. Gareth Coker did an incredible job with that soundtrack. Yeah, the way that the things uh, that it was tied into the emotions that you were experiencing when it was happening was was spot on. Perfect. So that that's my vote. Uh, For me, it comes down to three that I like most of all. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Hades and Doom Eternal. Uh, Hades, I will say this. Hades is probably my lowest soundtrack of Supergiant Games, even though I love it. And I think that Darren Korb is a fantastic composer. He also provides a lot of the voices in this game. Uh, I I think that it's it's probably my lowest soundtrack that he's done, even though I do still love the heck out of it. There are some weaker tracks on the soundtrack. Doom Eternal, I love the entire soundtrack, but... Uh, what they what they did with the 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 composer's rights and kind of remixing it without his permission and and kind of screwing around with 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 his his compositions a little bit kind of turns me off to that. I'm going to go Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Gareth Coker does it again. I really, really like a lot of these soundtracks here. I love the music in Final Fantasy VII and the fact that they remade a lot of stuff. Nobu Yamatsu definitely coming back and doing some really cool, you know, new renditions of stuff that he composed back in 1997 was awesome. Some of the new tracks that they added were were really strong. Paper Mario had an incredible soundtrack. Kyle, you did a uh, a musical review episode of BG Mania on that one, and that episode actually is doing that's 
our best musical review episode in terms of of plays. Uh, a lot of people really do enjoy the soundtrack to Paper Mario. And then we have a lot of like interesting lit things on here, like Haven, Eichenfell and Paradise Killer, some indie games that a lot of people aren't too familiar with, especially like Eichenfell and Paradise Killer. We did an entire episode on Paradise Killer, uh, had the composer Barry Topping on that one with me talking about it. I almost want and it's surprising. I almost want to say Doom Eternal because I think Mitt Gordon did and I am. I, I am going to go Doom Eternal, even though Bethesda fucked around with the royalties and really screwed things up in terms of the soundtrack for Mick Gordon. I think Mick Gordon deserves to have some recognition for the 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 yeah. pieces of music that he actually put into Doom Eternal. The soundtrack yeah, you know is metal. The soundtrack is fucking awesome. The fact that they screwed him over. I, I want Mick Gordon to have some. some yeah, it's some, it's not Mick Gordon's fault. I changed. Yeah. I changed mine. Doom Eternal. Yeah, I'm I'm going Doom Eternal soundtrack of the year. Uh, Sean, Brian, come, guess, comes down guess to which you. one I'm going to pick. Ori in the World of the Wisps. <laughs> <laughs> There's no surprise here. I'm going Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, you know, I've been a fan of Final Fantasy music for my I entire I life. Picked, I can tell. I should have just picked a random one that, that I knew you weren't going to pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's here's the thing. The reason why I'm picking this one and why I think that this music that's been around for a long time is because I've been a fan of Final Fantasy VII's music since it came out. I've been to Distant Worlds. Oh, Brian, you've been to, you've been I've to been Distant to, Worlds. I've been to Distant Worlds and I've been to A New World, which is their more intimate. Like they only have 10 people, like one per person per instrument up there. Yeah. And that's beautiful as well. Yes. And, and here's the thing. The Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack beats all of that for me. And, and the reason why is just because they really took the time to make this something different. And it's the music, I think, is is definitely more influential in this game than it was in the previous game. And it's definitely making me get the feels just talking about it right now. So I got to go for it. It's not the winner, but man, I got to throw it out there, man. Nobuo Amatsu, man, does it again. I think I mean, and Final Fantasy VII Remake, if I'm not mistaken, won soundtrack of the year at the official game awards. So it's definitely a very strong soundtrack. Did you play it anymore since we talked last week on the show? I'm, a, I'm in chapter four now. OK, uh, so you're I, in Jesse's chapter, baby. <laughs> yeah, I just got packed. I just got past the, the tunnel and the fight with the soldier on the motorcycle. How fucking awesome was that? Dude, oh my gosh. I, I mean, the music during that sequence alone makes you just, it's intense, man. And, and some of the some of the funny things about the music in the game is definitely, I, th I think the combat music is the best for mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. But man, I mean, like the opening track, that's a new one, right? Yep. I, I, there's, a, there's a lot of new tracks. Like they, they did a lot of cool things with this soundtrack. It's actually it really well done. It's it really well done. It makes me excited done. to see what they do moving forward in pivotal moments because because here's here's the other thing that I love about the soundtrack is the remixes that you find when you go into like all the little stores and stuff. Yes. Like the different versions of the tracks. Yes, you got like absolutely. hip hop to Chocobo, the Preludes remixed. Like yep. there's a lot of cool stuff in this game that is new and exciting. So I, I, I got to give it, man. I, I think Doom Eternal, man. 
Sure, absolutely. But dang, Final Fantasy VII stole my heart. That's good. So we had a vote for Ori. We had a vote for Final Fantasy. But your ultimate winner for soundtrack of the year, Mick Gordon, getting the recognition he really, really deserves for Doom Eternal. He pivoted. Dude, this soundtrack, start to finish, it just sounds like you're in hell. Like, it is just just the best metal that Mick Gordon, I think, has done, man. It's so fucking awesome. Wildly impressive. <laughs> so fucking awesome. But that brings us to the big category. Game of the year. We got eight nominees. Number one, Ori of the Will of the Wisps. Number two, Ghost of Tsushima. Number three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number four, Persona 5 Royal. Number five, The Last of Us Part Two. Number six, Neon Abyss. Number seven, Doom Eternal. And number eight, Hades. We will give everybody a chance to talk about their personal game of the year as well, because I think everybody's personal game of the year is going to be different than what wins the overall game of the year for level down games. So how do we want to do this? Do we uh, do we, we want, want to, to uh, delete all of those, put Warzone and end this discussion <laughs> right now? Boom. Well, Warzone didn't even make the cut, Dan. I'm sorry. It's not game of the year material. <laughs> One would argue <laughs> did win that can't stop, won't stop, though. Um, how do we want to do this? Do we want to do our personal game of the years first or do we want to figure out what the overall game of the year is and see if that coincides with our personal game of the years? How do we want to do this? I'm OK either way. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I uh, I mean, my my vote is going to be for my personal. OK. I think. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, mine is not my, my vote for overall game of the year is not my vote for my personal game of the year. I think I know which one your personal one is. Honestly, Kyle, what are you thinking on this? Are you, is, is your personal and overall the same? I think so. Yeah. Sean, is your personal and overall the same? No, no, it's okay. not. Okay. Let's start with, let's start with Kyle and Dan then let's start with Kyle and Dan because their personals are the same as, as the overall. So, uh, Kyle, what, you know what? Why don't you start us out? My top three are all pretty close. Uh, my, my number one is Doom Eternal. I think that Doom Eternal was the overall best gaming, ex gaming experience, most cohesive experience that came out this year. I think it was just a masterpiece. Number two is Hades. Uh, those are the two games that I gave a 10 out of 10 to this year. Doom Eternal and Hades. And number three, a 9.5 for me would be The Last of Us Part Two. So I think if I'm voting game of the year, I think I'm going Doom Eternal. But Hades and Last of Us Part Two, I think, are are worthy entries into the into the argument. OK, Dan or in the world, yeah, right? I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, my game of the year personal and for this list is Last of Us I Part just, Two. Warzone I, know, I just was fucking with you. <laughs> close second. But yeah, I, I, I reviewed Last of Us Part Two for leveldowngames.com. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, it was a great game. Uh, loved every minute of it. Um, like I said, I've said it many times, the emotional roller coaster. Uh, so, yeah, to me, Last of Us Part Two, for sure, game of the year personal and on this list i believe this is the first year since 2017 where we had three 10 out of 10s on the on games.com because back in 2017 uh persona 5 near automata and breath of the wild all got 10 out of 10s within like a two-week span <laughs> damn dude well deserved what though. a trip too absolutely yeah definitely um okay so we got to vote for the last of us part two we got to vote for doom eternal sean where are you going <laughs> you know what's so funny is uh i haven't played a lot of these games no I, know, that, it, that's fine and that's fine and it makes me feel kind of funny to cast a vote but 
I, you know enough about them. Yeah, yeah. I've I've watched coverage. I've I've definitely seen some of the content from the games. From what I've seen, I know that my vote is definitely going to be debated. But I think Ghost of Tsushima is my vote. It's okay. The the game itself, like Kyle was talking about earlier. I mean, the the premise is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, it, it's not necessarily going to be that game that takes your heart and wrenches it but all in all that game that game is a beautiful game man i mean it's just the different modes you can play it in the different ways you can experience it it's definitely a powerful experience and i gotta give it to to ghost of tsushima okay so we gotta go uh three separate votes comes down to me i left it this way on purpose um i've ranked my top five games for this year and i have played all of these games thankfully and my number five game for this year is persona 5 royal i think that that would have been a lot higher for me had that been a new experience from start to finish, but because it's largely the same game as Persona 5, just with like an expansion pack tacked on at the end, it's still an incredible game. I I still think Persona 5 Royal blows Persona 5 out of the water in terms of, you know, enhancements and adding content to it, but it's not a game of the year material thing right there. Is it your personal though? It is not. It is not my personal game of the year. Nope. Persona 5 Royal is not my personal game of the year. Uh, Number four of my top five games is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I think that was an incredible platforming Metroidvania this year. Uh, I I had so much fun with it. I'm really hoping that it doesn't take Moon Studios an an incredibly long time to put something else out. I hope that Ori continues, but I'd also be okay if Ori, based on how Will of the Wisps ended, like if this was the last we saw of it as well. But I don't know that that's the case. I still think that there's something that they could do there with this franchise. So we'll see if it continues. Number three for me is surprisingly Hades. I I was not anticipating actually putting this in my top five before I played it. But Kyle, you are absolutely right. This game is just fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> It's a masterpiece, man. It's unbelievable. I've I've not been able to really stop playing it since I started it on Thursday evening. Uh, Like I said, Christmas Day this past Friday, Jessica and her family really like to watch some movies. I watched I I, I sat down and watched a little bit of uh, Bad Mom's Christmas because I hadn't seen it yet. That movie's fucking hilarious, by the way. And that's like the first one that they put on. But then they put on like the Grinch and other things that I just I've seen too many times and I don't fucking care about. Yeah, I just don't care about it. So um, I played a lot of Hades. That is a number three for me. Number two is my personal game of the year this year, and that's Animal Crossing New Horizons. I, 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 I think that I put a lot of time into this. Uh, it, it, it's definitely my personal game of the year this year. Um, I, I, I love Animal Crossing. I absolutely love everything about it. I, I love the potential that this game has, but it's a thing that I continuously went back to. And will continuously go back to for years to come. I can't imagine they'll put out a new Animal Crossing experience for for several years. So this will be what we have. But the cool thing is in this day and age with DLC and updates and that kind of shit, they can add new content to New Horizons uh, forever. 
So everyone's thinking now either number one is going to be The Last of Us Part 2 or Ghost of Tsushima. And if you know me, you should know my vote goes towards Ghost of Tsushima as game of the year. I think this game absolutely blew me away. Um, The fact that Sucker Punch was able to make a game that utilizes two drastically different styles, one in black and white in Kurosawa mode, one in full color that just blows everything else out of the if, if you play this game with HDR on and in 4K, Ghost of Tsushima is literally the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, I, I think it's the best Ubisoft checkbox style game in terms of the way that you go out there and find collectibles by following the wind, by utilizing your environments. This game just had a lot lot of things going for it that really really impressed me and i could not put it down when i started it so my vote for game of the year is ghost of tsushima and that actually wins because sean went ghost of tsushima as well i can't be mad about that if i had to rank my top five i'd have ghost of tsushima at number five for me uh, but that doesn't mean that it's a terribly low game it's the fifth best game i think i yeah. played this year i loved ghost of tsushima from start to finish i i can't be mad about that winning game of the year and it's crazy for me that the that the last of us part two didn't even crack my top five for for 2020 like i really wanted it to that's but- insane but it did not crack my top five because this was a really, really strong year. I Great think if year. I if Great I had games. to rank the other three in terms of where I would put them, I think I would put The Last of Us Part Two at number six, Doom Eternal at number seven, and then Neon Abyss at number eight. And there was a time where Neon Abyss was at like number two. <laughs> that game's <laughs> awesome. And no, it's amazing. And I had Neon Abyss like shortly after it came out, I had it ranked pretty high. Um and I actually had Ori and the Will of the Wisps ranked higher at one point as well. So my list fluctuated a lot throughout the year. Um, so personal game of the years, Kyle, yours is Doom. Dan, yours is Ori. Sean, yours is what? Ghost. Shima. Yeah, what? that was your Wait, personal. Dan's was Last of Us. Yeah, mine was Last of Us. What did I say? Ori. Oh, my bad. Yeah. So Dan was Last of Us. Kyle, you were Doom. Sean, you were Ghost of Tsushima. And then I was Animal Crossing for personal game of the years. If everyone out there was interested. That's the LLDG Awards for 2020. I think we uh, I think we had some good winners. I think we had some good discussions. And I think that the there could be some discussion in terms of like, should this one have won? But I think we got it pretty right. I think we would. I think we did. OK, yeah, I'm not upset with it at all. Those are good games, man. Yeah, I'm not upset with it either. Uh, I know this one a little long. The raw file, as I look at it, is now at two hours and 42 minutes. I will cut this down to get that a little bit shorter than that. But because of time, we're not going to do Kickstart My Heart this week. We will bring that back next week as we will bring back all the normal stuff next week. Make sure you tune in next week. We will be debuting several new things on the Level Down Games podcast. We have the new game starting next week where we're going to be competing in time trials and shit like that on Netflix or Netflix, Netflix and Netflix. But we're also going to be doing our 2021 predictions. Myself, Kyle, Sean, Dan, we're going to have 10 predictions apiece, and it's going to be fun because we don't do predictions any other time throughout the year anymore. So these predictions, you guys remember like crystal ball stuff. We always made it like it had to be in depth. It had to be challenging. It had to be out on a limb. Not this year, because we're not doing predictions else. Any other time, your 10 predictions can be as simple as. X game gets announced at some point this year. X, go and give it to you. I, well, mm-hmm. uh, replace X Prediction with a real number one. game. 
<laughs> replace X with a real game. But I mean, your your predictions can be as simple as the, as you want them to be or as in-depth as you want them to be. There can also be crossover because we are doing 10 apiece. But I think because we are doing not so in-depth predictions this year, 10 apiece sounds good. So we'll all come prepared for that. Make sure you tune in. But for now... 2020 is over. The next time we'll be sitting down to talk will be in 2021. Make sure you guys have a safe new year. Stay safe out there. And the final words this week, we're giving them to Dan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. The cyberpunk debacle. Um, I know you guys kind of, you know, said you're kind of beat it to death a little bit last week. I didn't get to say my two cents. Um, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that this game got released on current gen when it can't run on current gen. I get the argument that, you know, the, the hardware is what, seven years old, six years old, but last of us two ran great. Ghost of Tsushima ran great. Uh, I, I, I just think this game got rushed. They got the, uh, the executives got greedy, wanted to release it on holiday. It's a game played with bugs. It does suck for all these, uh, you know, the guys that worked on this, the guys and gals that worked on this game, uh, and crunched and sacrificed family time after they said they weren't going to crunch. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I know games crunch. Uh, I know naughty dog has, I, I get that. Um, but the, after this company came out and said there would be no crunching, they crunched to get this game out and they rushed it and we even at, here at a uh, level down games pushed back our game awards to try to see if we could include it and that was just flopped right Big on mistake face. on our part <laughs> big mistake absolutely mistake you know this game got pushed back like what two or three times in the last few months it wasn't ready uh whatsoever it should have been pc only with you know and then get it put on ps5 xbox series x i mean it's crazy that it only uh, for console it runs it can run decent on a ps5 and a series x and it's not even made for that it's just uh it's it's just ridiculous it's just mind-blowing uh that this game you know with with everybody had it in uh game of the year contention before it was even out and it, it just it flopped really hard and you know the review keys the, the the way they were doing review keys was pc only and you had to get approved what you were showing and all this stuff i just i don't know i just it's just a smack in the face i think to us as consumers and uh, i'm glad that the uh, people are getting the refunds uh that they deserve especially for the ones that bought it on current gen um i just it, it's just ridiculous and i think we need to start holding uh you know these executives and stuff to to higher standards and uh because all the, at the at the end of the day they're only worried okay, Sean, about at the money, end of the day bottom line sh- stock shares and it, it's bullshit <laughs> it's absolute bullshit dan gets to rub it in our face yes uh, yes i was i was on the cyberpunk wasn't going to be good bandwagon very early This episode of the Level Down Games podcast has been brought to you by leveldowngames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on, as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server, and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode.